3: Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all Potter podcast. Swish
4: and Flick,
3: everyone.
2: Swish swish
4: and and Flick. Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of Swish and Flick. I'm
2: Tiffany. I'm
3: Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm just old Sarah. Old. <laughs> oh Sarah. Oh Sarah. This
4: episode is sponsored by Jordan Rose. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, well, Jordan. Fun. Today, as part of a two-week Halloween break from our normal episodes, we are going to talk about the wizarding world in America, Silver Morning Beginnings, Makuza, and the Salem Witch Trials. So join us as we learn more about American wizarding history and even some history of the Nomadges.
0: Yes, ma'am.
3: Should we should we tell them now or later that it's going to be, like, odd episodes? Because, obviously, like, we're talking about s- s- new things. But we've decided to split it up, kind of, for our sake and yes. sanity and yours. Or right. listeners is who I'm talking to. You, personally, who has the headphones on or listening out in the open, talking <laughs> to <the> you. Open. <laughs> in the wild. We can um, see you
4: behind the bush.
3: <laughs> Bringing switch and flick to the world um so on this episode like only tiffany and i are talking not that megan and katie can't talk (laughs) they're here obviously but um we only have our sections and then the next episode we're going to bring out is megan and katie's section um and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about some america stuff you know yes i'm really excited and nervous oh my finger was bleeding that's interesting Uh Hmm. you get yourself a band-aid Alrighty.
2: Do you have news? I do. I think this is really cool news too.
0: We don't have news. I we have, have a weekly. profit. I
2: have weekly profit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um. So a report came out about Bloomsbury's um, profits, and it shows that Harry Potter's sales are continually continuing to rise still. Yeah. Mm. Um, so there was a surge in sales of Anthony Bourdain's kitchen confidential book mm. due to him passing away, unfortunately. Um, yes. And that was like their number one increase in revenue. However, Harry Potter was close behind. Um, it helped to fuel a rise in first half profits and revenue for Bloomsbury. Um and it says that the sales were up five percent in the first half of this year, despite the surge in popularity last year before the twentieth anniversary of JK Rowling's creation. So there was already a huge surge last year because of the anniversary, and now it went up even more this year. So That's guys, awesome. Potter's not going anywhere.
0: Nope. Mm-mm.
2: I it,
4: only. I mean, I said it in the last episode. I think we're gonna be getting some more—not Harry, but Wizarding Animal World. World-y. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm into
3: that. I didn't yeah. know. when she started diving into this, that there was she had had so much information mm-hmm. on just Pottermore about America, like magic in general, Makuza Ilvermorny. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was um, surprised.
2: Yeah. yeah, pleasantly. It says also in here last year, Harry Potter's anniversary generated one of the highest levels of revenue since the initial publications of the books. And we've been pleased to build on this momentum in the first half of this year. So, nice. um, also, if not for the growth in Harry Potter sales, Bloomsbury's income from its children's division, which remained flat at $31 million in the first half, would have fallen 9% year on year. However, it hasn't, thanks to Potter. This is crazy. I know. Think about, I, I just love our fandom. 20 mm-hmm. years it's been. And it's still and it's like... still... Yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't know. I, I, I just thought it
2: was really cool.
3: I will say this, though. And I love all of the information's coming out. I love all of it. But at the same time, I need them to stop. I'm going broke. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a gift card. <laughs> well, I, I just got that um, Hogwarts pop-up book, which is it looks really cool in pictures, but to see it in real life, it's just amazing and then i said to tiffany my best friend's birthday was um the 21st of october and so um i tried to go to the bookstore the night before and it it, the gods and all fate and everyone was like it's not happening because i went to one bookstore that was supposed to be open till nine they closed for whatever reason at seven that day and then i went to um barnes and noble and the whole thing was out like all of the it was at crocker park if anyone knows what that is in um westlake ohio Half of it was dark, like all of these stores, mm. all this stuff. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to go to the bookstore today. <laughs> but I went. I know. So I went to the bookstore the next day and I saw that they had the American version of um, the history of Harry Potter, like oh, for the yep. exhibit. Yep. And so I'm like, oh, well, like the cover's different. Let me just see if the inside's the same. I'm not going to buy it. Well, it's not, but it essentially has the exact same information. You bought so it. I did. So now I have the <laughs> the one from the UK, the one from here, and then I have like the kids version. I don't need all of these things.
2: I was going to get you the uh, the black cover, the new one, yeah. like when we were yeah. in New York. Yeah. Well, I have it. So. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. Alana likes books.
3: <laughs> I did buy. I did buy um, that Honeyduke scratch and sniff book. Oh, and it's I so just, cute!
0: Yeah, it's so
3: cute. Yeah, I just made sure your baby got like seven new books. So I picked. I a lot lot. Of books. <laughs> um, that, like books. <laughs> like I I will say that starting this reread in this podcast, I had technically of my own copies one set of all of the books i had a paperback set essentially they weren't all the same cover um and now i have one two three (laughs) four four i think oh my god oh the psychosis
2: guys i bought a lot of books in england too oh scotland actually is where i bought the books yep i bought a whole set a whole set and you brought back a whole set of books i did and i bought the the uh, uk version of the beetle the bard illustrated one
3: i see and i'm tempted to buy that
2: because it's, really it's different pretty.
3: yeah <laughs> i will say though what i really like um about the american one and i don't know how different it is to the uk version but i like in the tale of the t- three brothers how, what how death looks because he's like spoiler alert um, he's um, illustrated as like just a skeleton and i love skeletons mm. um
2: so That's I very cool. much
3: enjoyed that. Yeah. Anyways, we can get back to the actual topic at hand. <laughs>
2: I mean, we're just proving the point of Bloomsbury that we're feeding them money because <laughs> of Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah.
3: True. <laughs> so.
2: Which,
4: um, which il- illustrated edition of Beetle the Bard is the UK version?
2: It's like, um, it's very yellow. The cover is very yellow. Mm-hmm. And there's like three... Il- three people illustrated except I'm not sure. if I think maybe it's the brothers. Yeah. No, I see it. Yeah. So, which one should I buy? You should buy both probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna end up buying both.
4: Uh, I'll <laughs> buy the American <laughs> one right now. The other one's not Prime, so I'm like, whatever. Oh, All no,
3: right. I, I don't, yeah. Let's, uh... Guys, UK do versions do of do books.
2: Bookdepository.com. Free shipping. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, Go there. That's
3: what I'm gonna use to get it. Yeah. Quick.
2: Yeah, I will do that.
3: All right. Yeah. It's uh,
0: time for the r- 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 recap. I feel like it's been a while. It, it has. has. Like to our listeners, it hasn't. But it has for us. But it has for right. us. It's been like three uh, has weeks. Has it been like a month? Maybe I think a it's month. been a month. Yeah. Crazy. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. We bulked up so much for our trip. Yeah. All right. Here's your recap. So last time, Harry and Hermione got back just in the <laughs> nick of time. And Oop. Snape was absolutely livid. He was convinced that Harry Potter had something to do with it. And speaking of Snape, he's kind of rude and let slip that my boy's a werewolf. And then he has to quit. I don't really like that. Jessica, I'm looking uh. at you. That's super sad. Uh, but Harry has something to cheer him up on the way back to the Dursleys. He gets a letter from Sirius, a new owl for Ron, or a pig, I don't know, and a permission slip <laughs> to get into Hogsmeade. And that is the end of another book.
2: How? Yeah. I don't how know. I don't that's know. It's crazy. And, and guys, did... a book to movie comparison is coming. Don't yeah, worry, we're yeah, not yeah. skipping it. It's coming.
3: Yeah, we yeah. just in my a little bit of an OCD mind. I, we needed to talk about the Salem witch trials for Halloween, so that's yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, we
4: thought of that a long time
3: ago too. Yeah, because yeah. we wanted to. At least Timmy and I know I've discussed this a lot, wanting to talk about it. Yeah. Um. So. I will be honest and tell you that I forgot to write a summary, but you know, it's not really super important in this thing. So we're going to talk about um, (laughs) some real American history here and uh, also dive into some more of like the um, JK Rowling's magical history of like the United States, which I don't know how many people have read. So hopefully you'll enjoy our little tidbits. So them. Tiffany really wanted, I'm going to just tell you what she's starting with is Rono, because she really wanted to add that in. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But we'll it hear what could. she has to say. Yes. So, well, I was trying to do everything super chronologically, and I have a whole timeline that I'm working on. And I'm like, it's not the same year. She's like, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited to dive deep. I hope that we got, that we do this justice enough for you guys to really yeah. enjoy it. So Because I know it's a little bit um, divergent of what we... Normally do, but don't worry, there will be wizarding, legitimate yes. J.K. Rowling worlds in here, so yes. listen along and, and enjoy. So, I'm not going to
4: lie, because I'm out of my comfort zone with this, because I am not an expert. I am not. I wouldn't say I'm an expert on Harry Potter, I know a lot, but um not an expert on any of this, so bear with us if you are, and don't uh, hate us if we mess yeah. up. If we get <laughs> also, something wrong... Let us know in a nice way. <laughs> in a nice way. Be kind. There's too many meanies on the internet. Yeah. Um. Megan and Katie, what I would like for you to do as we go through this is I want to hear if you can pull Wizarding World things out. If you can connect it in any way as you're listening and okay. you know commenting with us, I want to see what you can connect. Okay. All right. I think that'll be a really cool task. Ooh,
3: and then we'll,
2: oh, well, I guess our sections are a little different. We'll come up with something to yeah. make you guys do on Megan, the next episode. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Megan and Katie, their stuff's mainly magical world.
2: Yeah. Um, right. Because, I,
3: again, I, I wanted to do this in chronological order, so we kind of are trying to stay within that realm of, um, the only thing we're going to be doing differently, though, with all of these episodes, we're going to do this one, then Megan and Katie are next, and then we're going to have a whole separate Ilvermorny um episode because there's so much to talk about with that. I think um and we again want to do it justice and want to give it a, it's, its own time and space. So, yep. yep. Keep your ears out for that. And Go I'm ahead, also Katie. excited
0: to like I mean I've read about Morning, but I didn't really absorb it, so I'd like to yeah. be like a quote unquote expert and like know the world as mm-hmm. as well
2: mm-hmm. as I know Hogwarts. Hogwarts, yeah. 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 Cuz I have a feeling we're going to need to
3: yeah, well, and I, yep. I hope that we really get more. And I mean, I think she is, like, my, or not Megan, Keith nope, <laughs> Tiffany said. <laughs> she's like, I think we're going to get Ilvermorny, and I think, I hope. I just, I like to learn um, all of, all, anything she's going to throw at me, I want to learn. Yes. And then I really, really love tying, especially because I, as an American, know more American history than world history and everything because this is my country and I, I know more of it and I've learned more of it. um. So I'm excited to, like, see things and tie them into, like, what I already know happened in real-time life.
2: True. Yeah. Again. I was also just going to say that... It, can I, mean, I if, just say? Can I just say <laughs> that if you go on Pottermore and you see just how much Joe has given us on Morney and the history of it and all that kind of stuff, like, guys, she doesn't write something like that for nothing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm i mean she's not gonna put all that information out there just because oh they briefly mentioned it in
3: fantastic beasts you know well and we get to see a teacher from fantastic beasts in the new movie i believe
2: from ilvermorny you mean
3: mm-hmm. yeah. what did i say hogwarts
2: from fantastic no, you said beasts from fantastic oh yeah beasts. <laughs> well and fantastic <laughs> yeah beasts
3: from ilvermorny so yeah. i think we're gonna get more of it in the movies than we think everybody we want to uh let you in and apologize so we as humans um nothing's perfect no one's perfect we aren't the internet isn't technology is not so we had some technical difficulties yeah I, I can't i can't difficulties. even talk technical difficulties when we tried to record this um tuesday i believe and it's now friday Mm. So the very beginning that you just listened to, Megan and Katie are on. Um, Unfortunately, that was the only day this week that we could record before getting it out this weekend. So they aren't with us, but um, so this episode is going to be a little bit different.
4: It's probably going to be nuts.
3: It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Great. So Tiffany um, is going to read Katie. So we had them read all of our notes because this episode was really just going to be like my section and Tiffany's section anyways. Um, And their sections are going to be on the next episode. Megan and Katie's, that is. So we had them read our notes and then write in their own, like, comments on it. So we will be able to hear what they have to say just coming out of our own mouths. So sorry that it's jumbled and weird and kind of crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. So we apologize. But, you know, we're only humans. And, you know, sorry that... This episode is just crazy. But you know what? This We're sorry. What we <laughs> We're sorry like Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoy um I'm I'm excited to talk about all of this fun stuff and I have hopefully not. we do it justice, you know? It is true. We aren't experts. No. So I'm
4: intimidated.
3: I, I honestly am a little bit as well. So. Yeah.
4: Well, I feel like you're more prepared than I.
3: Oh. All right. So let's let us roll into the first section. Get it, Tiffany. What you talking about? Spinach. Wow. Spinach out of control with Blah. this crazy episode.
4: We're going to talk about the Lost Colony. The Lost I've Colony never heard of, it. of Roanoke. Roanoke. Truthfully, though, I feel like I've heard about Roanoke before, and I didn't really, like, think about it anymore until American Horror Story.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I it always intrigued me like i like a good mystery Mm -hmm. so i remember like hearing it i think in grade school or something i was like ooh, i want to dive more into it and then i never really did except for like i saw some of the episodes for american horror story but yeah there was a movie it was a good season called like the storm or something and it was like similar um gosh it scared the snot out of me is there a roanoke movie i wonder Oh, I'm sure there is. I don't know. But like it basically like the storm rolls in this town, um, and like crazy stuff happens while it's like going on. And um like the next day I I, I could be totally wrong. I don't even remember what it's called, but they the word Croatotion Croat Croaton. The word Croaton or something Where like grown oak or something was written on like somewhere on uh, real descriptive, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got nothing out of that. <laughs> there was a want, thing with a Croatoption. I want to say it was like an M. Night Shyamalan movie.
4: Oh. You know how those are always
3: weird? I could totally be lying.
4: I got really mad at some of those The village is that the one. Uh,
3: into the Storm, I think is what it was called. Maybe not. Into the Woods. Into the Woods. It can't be that because that came out too late.
4: <laughs> well, I don't know. Alrighty, Roo. Um, so for those of you who don't know or want to know more, I looked up on, I think it's the History Channel is this definition. I can't remember. Anywho, it's known as the Lost Colony, and it was the first attempt at um, finding a permanent English settlement in North America. And that was in 1585 on Roanoke Island, which is today's Dare County, North Carolina, And the colony was sponsored by Sir Walter, what is it, Raleigh?
3: Yes, but I figured out it's into the Storm of the Century, and it's a Stephen King thing. Very good. I recommend. It did scary. I was also, like, young.
4: It's a movie, right? Yes. Uh, I think it's also a book, I would assume. Shall we watch it on the Hallows of (laughs) Ween? We can. (laughs) All righty. Anyway. I think
3: it's not a book. I don't know.
4: But uh, Sir Walter, is it R- Raleigh? I said it right? Because last time you made fun of me.
3: It was Raleigh, yes. I'm, well, I should say I'm assuming it's Raleigh because it's Raleigh, North Carolina.
4: Okay. Um, he never set foot in this colony. And the initial settlement was established in the summer of 1585, but, you know, back then they had lack of supplies and um, not very good relationships with the Native Americans. And so many of the members returned to England with Sir Francis Drake, which was a year later. And so they left like a small group of people there. Mm -hmm. And they said these men had all disappeared by the time a second expedition led by John White, who um, served as the colony's governor when they arrived in 1587. So it's two years and every single person's gone. Silent, Like.
3: It's so creepy.
4: It is. It's really creepy. And I know some people will be like, okay, what does this have to do with like Salem witch trials stuff? Well, I just think it's interesting. (laughs) When we were doing
3: the notes, Tiffany's like, I really want to talk about it. So I like looked it up because I wanted everything to be in chronological order. And she was like, I go, well, the Salem witch trials started in 1692. Mm -hmm. And this was in like 1580, Right, 85 is when it was established. So it's, a long ways away And she's like Well I still want to talk But I'm like sure Go ahead Well It is interesting I do find it fascinating It's
4: It's crazy Yes Um So It says White So this guy The governor John White Um you, Where is it Virginia Dare Was his um, Granddaughter And she was born Shortly after that Which made her The first English child Born in the new world By the oh, way cool Um, she left, they left for England in late 1587 to request assistance from the government, but they, um, couldn't go back to Roanoke until August of 1590 due to the Anglo-Spanish war. But upon the arrival, the entire colony was missing with only a single clue to indicate what happened to them. And it was the word Croatoan carved into a tree. That's
3: so crazy.
4: Uh so Megan interjected here with um some facts. She says, Sir Francis Drake, I'm not reading Megan,
3: Sarah is. See I mean, ya. you could read it. I no. don't
4: care. <laughs> I forgot
3: that <laughs> fast. Hashtag my brain. <laughs> so Megan wrote in here, um, so Sir Francis Drake, so they did when they were in London, uh they did a walking tour, I believe like a Harry Potter walking tour of London. And she says, on our walking tour in London, we stopped at his ship on the um, Thames River. His ship was called the Golden Hind, and it um, has a gold deer on the front, and it's a doe. So, Patronus? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Doe. A A deer. deer. (laughs) It's a female deer. Right. <laughs> a drop of Golden Sun.
4: Also my middle name. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so also he was a pirate back in his day and it was rumored that he sold his soul to the devil. Interesting. Mm. And she says quite similar to a horcrux. He was also um in search of a philosopher's stone. Where have we heard that before? I haven't. And someone in China claimed to have found it when he was searching. Ironically enough, they died weeks after beginning a daily regimen of the elixir because it was liquid <laughs> mercury. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> (laughs) (laughs) okay thank
4: you modern medicine yeah
3: also after sir francis drake um circum circumnavigated the globe queen elizabeth um the first gave him a locket and it had a phoenix on it so that's interesting is what she says which is pretty cool so i wonder like jk rowling pulled any bits Dear Joe. I mean, I'm sure it's in her, like, history of Harry Potter book that I own three copies of.
4: Why do you own three copies?
3: I have a British version, the American version, and the kids' version. Let's not talk about it. I can't go into bookstores and I don't
4: own any of those things. (sighs) You don't need them. Can I have my teacher card back? So I can go get a book. Yeah. Cool. Anywho, back to Roanoke. Um, For many years, it was widely accepted that the colonists were massacred by local tribes, which, yeah... Mm. But no bodies were ever discovered, nor any other archaeological evidence. The most prevalent hypothesis now is that the environmental circumstances forced the colonists to take shelter with local tribes. But that's mostly based on, like, oral histories and lack of conclusive evidence, which you just pretty much have to guess at this point, Mm -hmm. since literally you have nobody. Yeah, no idea. No clue. Oh, (sighs) just crazy. Um... Oh, hold on. So I put a little theory in there, and I said, what if everybody was a Kedavra'd, and then their bodies were all turned into trees and foliage? Like, what's-his-face got turned into a bone? Barty Crouch Sr.
3: So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he, gotcha, so, turned his father into a bone.
4: Right, and then buried it. So I was just thinking, like, I like that idea. What if they... What if Native American wizards... yeah. Did this? Yeah,
3: I like that idea. I like it. I like it's it, good like theory. It. Does anybody else Thank have any theories like? Yeah, of what? uh Okay, yo, oddball. I just know you can hear my eyes. Um, I I like I like the idea of thinking like that wizards said, are behind it, like a million times, like like like. Yeah, that that's like a magical. There's like a magical Mm -hmm. reason behind it.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like anything with wizards. Or
3: maybe like they were wizards in Europe and they came to America to be like, I need to get away and like to um, start like their own thing and then made themselves disappear to be like, no one's going to be able to find me.
4: Harry, Ron and Hermione in the woods when they had the protective spells over them. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Because they didn't want to be found. I mean, if yeah. you don't want to be found, you can make yourself not found. Yeah, Yeah, I like that a lot. Maybe that's where they went. Um, And then there's a little website. I look at Ranker.com. I've never heard of it before.
3: I have, but, like, nothing. I don't really like remember. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. that makes no sense. Nope.
4: No sense at all. But they have um, theories behind, like, theories that people have come up with you know, the reasoning why they were gone. Um, some of them are pretty typical, like native tribes have absorbed them, you know, as either friends or like something not so nice. Um, maybe they fell victim to cannibalism. Wow. Um, and then it says Edgar Allan Poe had a mysterious connection to the word Croatoan.
3: I'm seeing that in Katie's notes. So I'm interested to hear it it is
4: oh okay so i'll just i'm just gonna read this directly it says the whereabouts of the roanoke colony isn't the only part that of this mystery archaeologist Archaeolog lord skip it Archaeolo- and
3: archaeologists you can't do it either archaeologists there it is why i don't know. because it's, it's friday. friday it's friday i've got to get down on friday <laughs> i don't remember the words uh, i got you
4: <laughs> No, I'm just so tired. Anyways, um, and historians are still trying to figure out why the word "Croton" carved into the, the post. And it says, not much is known about the death of the author, Edgar Allan Poe, in 1849, after disappearing from a trip from Virginia to Pennsylvania. He turned up nearly unconscious and babbling incoherently in a gutter in Baltimore while on his deathbed, Poe allegedly whispered the word... You shut your mouth. I'm not going to shut it.
3: <laughs> you, you thought I was going to something else.
4: Shut the front door. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. It says Croatoan appears at the site of many other mysterious disappearances. Um, there's a, apparently an infamous stagecoach robber, Black Bart.
3: Does he have anything to do with was,
4: Bart Simpson? Could be. It was etched in, into the wall of the prison cell right before his release in 1888, oh. and he was never seen again. And then it says there's a horror author, Ambrose Bierce, vanished while in Mexico in 1913, and the bed he last slept in allegedly had the word Croatoan carved in the post.
3: Do you think that people were doing this on purpose? Could be. Just curious.
4: It also says the colonists could have been massacred by a chief. Ooh. Infectious disease, yeah. Spanish troops, mm-hmm. Moida, um, sabotaged as part of a plan to discredit Sir Walter Raleigh.
3: Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: Maybe they tried to go back to England by sailing and didn't make it. Mm. Um, maybe they were executed as suspected
3: witches. Mm -hmm. Is that actually
4: a thing? Is that a theory? Well, yeah, it said the Croatoan tribe reportedly believed in witches, both male and female, who used black magic to do evil. Mm -hmm. And I learned from that magazine that I unfortunately forgot at school that there was like black magic, which people were, like, persecuted for for a while, like, way, way back in England in the day. Yeah. But then there was the magic, which was, like, the herbs and stuff to make people feel better, that they were like, okay, this is okay for now. Yeah. And then soon after that, it was like, okay, no magic at all. Yeah. But only if it helped you, you were like, oh, you're a good witch yeah. or whatever. Um, it said the tribe could have interpreted the actions of the Roanoke colonists like spreading disease and encroaching upon Native land as evil. So while local tribes in that area did not regularly execute witches, they did condemn dangerous outsiders to death and the colonists may have seemed dangerous.
3: They could have brought disease. Yeah, no. I mean, um, you see later on in American history when they're bringing smallpox over, unfortunately. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that... Um, diseases like that, Yeah. when you bring it over, like the, the population... Where it comes from is typically immune, not necessarily immune, but like they've built up the antibodies to be able to fight these things. Right. So you bring in a brand new disease into a culture and they don't have the antibodies. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are going to get sick and unfortunately die. And you see that even nowadays with certain, um, yeah, like things like you really should go out and, you know, germs are good for you. Not all the time, but you know, you do need some to build up your tolerance to be able to fight off things. Correct which is crazy like
4: unless your immune system is terrible this is
3: what the whole evolution (laughs) thing where like you know some some are going to be able to get sick and then survive and Mm -hmm. there's some that don't and you even see it with the flu true every year unfortunately people die from it
4: it's really you you have to have a strong immune system yeah stay healthy my friends wash your hands you nasties
3: (laughs) yeah cover your coughs
4: honestly cover when you cough all right.
3: Or, you know, just don't go outside. Stay in stay <laughs> You in just told us germs were okay. <laughs> don't, don't go outside. Don't do anything but listen to Swish and Flick. Oh,
4: well, yeah. <laughs> this next one's my favorite. Roanoke was the site of a zombie apocalypse. Ooh. Give it to me. It says some folks like to share on the internet that claims Roanoke served as ground zero for some kind of zombie apocalypse. This combines the aspects of other theories that the colonists were diseased and became cannibals.
3: Ooh. Ooh. Like, what would make them be you know animals? I d- Lack like of the- food. Uh, just, I would rather
4: not. Um, this one's interesting because it's exactly what I said, and I did not even scroll this far down when I first put this article out. The Roanoke colonists were transformed into trees. <laughs> 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 Hello, dove ad. No thanks. Um, the reptilian devil of the woods possessed the colonists. Hmm. Oogie. Okay. Colonists were the victims of North Carolina witches. So maybe there were Hmm. special ones. And aliens. Could be. Could be. Oh. Virginia Dare survived and was turned into a beautiful white doe. How dare she? Hmm. So that's all for that website.
3: Craziness. Pretty interesting. Is there anything about Amelia Earhart? Or I didn't see that on
4: there. No, oh.
3: why? Maybe that's in a different one. Which one? Were you on just on Ranker? Yeah. So the, maybe in the Destination America one.
4: I am on that one right now. Crazy. Are you
3: at it right now? Can you read? No, it? I'm looking at Katie's notes. Oh, well. I just didn't know. Like, cause I didn't. I didn't look at these.
4: <laughs> um. Even Edgar, I'm familiar. Dark magic, perhaps. This makes me really feel like I have to watch American Horror Story. Well, it's not going to be super factual, Katie, when it comes to American Horror Story. So, yeah, um, yeah, she says she liked the reptilian devil of the woods theory. Uh, maybe I'll go. I'll go back and read that one then. Anyways, it says so the Croatoans believe that quote greater spirits manifested themselves in the forms of elements and they reported a strange phenomenon that occurred at the same time as the vanishing of the colonists. Birds fell from the sky, and a large number of wildlife died abruptly in the area where the native people hunted. The Croatoans told of an evil spirit that took the form of a reptile. They said it was able to attach itself to humans, causing them to demonstrate the demonic traits like violence, I don't know what that word is, and greed, the Croatoans warned the colonists that the evil reptilian spirit had infested the entire region and the and the infighting began. That's weird. They knew the settlers were infected with the creature's evil and that's why they turned on each other.
3: Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, like I wonder if they just um like got sick and for lack of a better term like kind of went crazy and attacked each other. Yeah. That's a good plausible theory.
4: I would think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so she brings up that, um, maybe like how the reptilian thing attaches itself to humans like Voldemort did in the forest. Mm. And then she says her mind is blown and the theory of Virginia, um, turning into a
3: white doe. And if you're wondering who she is, if she didn't tell you it's Katie, cause I don't remember you saying that she's reading Katie's. I notes. did say Katie. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
4: Well, we want to keep going about... Uh, those are pretty much just like the same yeah. theories. Yeah, let us know if you guys have Roanoke. any
3: theories of what possibly could be wizarding kind or not with Roanoke. Yeah.
4: So, Sarah, you put this article here, um, and it's really interesting because it's on Pottermore, and it's how do wizards keep themselves so secret from muggles?
3: Oh, I'm like, why did I put it there? And then I realized why... I did. (laughs) Why did you? (laughs) Well, because, so, again, wanted to do this in chronological order. And so the next um, kind of thing in the timeline is talking about the International Statute of Secrecy and why, like, it's important in talking about all of that. Um, And if you don't know how much of a nerd I am, I have a whole timeline that I'm working on on Google Docs that I call my wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey Harry Potter stuff, which, if you're a Doctor Who fan... You'll get the reference. So chronologically, this is what happens first. Um, is the statute of secrecy. So talk. Obliviate. So, what? <laughs> what are we doing? Where am I? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Who are you? Thank you for being my best friend and just knowing to just go with you. You're it. welcome. Thank you. Okay. You're
0: welcome. Um
4: all right. Podcast over. No,
3: <laughs> this is it. This is the end.
4: Say oblivion to me. We're done. So, but truthfully, when you think about it, I'm really
3: glad that they did this article. You just Gilderoy lack me. <laughs> 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 All right, go ahead. Okay.
4: <laughs> um. It says the most extraordinary thing about wizarding society is not the magic, although that is pretty extraordinary, but the fact that they're able to keep it a secret. Yeah. But think about it. This is a whole entire world that is just kept so hidden. Um, But it's not always been hidden, what this article says, in the beginning, because during medieval periods, um, you know, wizards were persecuted by muggos because they're afraid of magic. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: And so, do we blame them for going into hiding? It makes sense. No, it makes sense. Yeah,
4: so this brings up the international statute of wizarding secrecy. Never heard of it, me neither. Um, back. Before this was in, the extremist wizards, like we've seen throughout the series, wanted a complete war against the Muggles. And let's be real, Muggles would be extinct.
3: Uh, see, I don't know, though. Like, I get you could just be like a vodka daver, but like, how would that work? At least now, like, days. Like, you have a semi-automatic weapon. We've talked about this before, haven't we? I know, we? I'm just saying. I think we have. Yeah. It just, that's something I would. I would be... Like interested to see Like what if you throw up Is it a particular Like a shield Yeah And they go to shoot you Like is it gonna
4: But thing The thing is Is like Even if you have that You have to think like There's invisibility cloaks They're not all hallows But they still work There's apparition You can just apparate Behind that person Or you know
3: Yeah but like What if you're not A very skilled wizard And yeah. you don't have those things You well, know I mean? Survival
4: of the fittest I guess mm, Okay But I think That wizards are more fit Okay. That's my view. Okay. Okay.
3: I want to hear everyone else's theories. Who's more fit? Me or the witches? Just kidding. But like interesting. Muggos versus (laughs) witches and wizards.
4: (laughs) Oh, gosh. So an international law had to be enforced by each country's ministry of magic. Um, So they were responsible for, you know, keeping societies concealed Controlling all their beasts that are in their lands, beings, and spirits, and making sure that wizards don't blow everyone's cover. And that is a quote from the actual article. Um, so, what does that mean for wizards, right? It's to basically keep you safe. Um, and it also requires them to have a certain level of responsibility over their magic and what they're doing. Mm-hmm and you can see even at maybe the world cup where they get really lax because the one campsite guy keeps catching on to so that mm-hmm. things aren't right yeah and they keep having to modify his memory
3: and you can tell too like the, it even says like he's he's acting like a little bit strange because they've had to obliviate him so many times so is that just, like, um,
4: addling his brains a little bit every time they do yeah, that Yeah, I would
3: think so. Like, that, I don't, to
4: me, is not right.
3: I would agree. Like, I
4: get that you're trying to, like, hide yourself or whatever, but if you're, like, messing this guy's brain up, that, to me, is not acceptable. Like, you would think,
3: in my mind, like, have him, like, as much as I don't want you to, like, use magic on at all, but, like, uh, send him... On a vacation for like a week. You know what I mean? Like so Hermione he get it.
4: did with her parents, sent them to a different country. Yeah, but
3: she didn't she oblivate them?
4: Yeah, but can you you can you send them away without? I don't know. It's a thing to think, I don't know.
3: But uh, yes, I, I understand what you're saying. I would
4: think you would be able to. Um, you don't need to But she said she could put the memory back.
3: They yeah, I believe they were able to JK Rowling so, so she got her parents uh, So I think it was like a different form of oblivion or a different, I don't know what J.K. Rowling um, says, but something something like that. Well, why don't you ask
4: her? Send her a text.
3: Well, she doesn't answer my phone calls anymore.
4: You know, that's kind of rude. Maybe you guys need to have a heart-to-heart. Oh,
3: I don't know. (laughs) I think she's over me.
4: It even brings up this thing. It says wizards are required to dress like muggles when interacting with them. But, you know, some people like to wear kilts that don't match... Other yeah. things and they look a hot mess well
3: and you even hear from um like Vernon he's like they just looked strange right and you know like mm-hmm. unfortunately it is nowadays where you in real time life see someone you're like mm, they look a little odd mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah. they're dressed like how they want to dress and you see in the fourth book the guy's wearing isn't he wearing a dress or a house coat or something like I want him to be in a moo I think he is in a moo and he literally is like...
4: "What is the guy at the World Cup in, like, a kilt and then something that doesn't go with it? And
3: then he's like, I like it, it's breezy. I thought he's in a dress or something. I thought he was in a kilt. Regardless, he's got some type of... Breezy yes, bottoms. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And they're not shorts that are just really wide or anything.
4: They ain't shorts. Uh, shorts. Um, so... Trying to stay hidden, they the wizards set up magical communities within muggle communities, such as Ottery St. um, Goddard's Hollow, which is where I would totes live. Um, and so this kind of, like, makes it so there's not so much obliviate and things, mm-hmm. you know? They're just kind of aware. And we don't need to, like, confund all these muggles, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. just, you know... Let them live their lives. Plus, you have to think, you they're not going to catch your, like, everyday simple magic kind of stuff because they don't see nothing, do they? Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? You got to be doing some big time, not big time, but, like, more obvious magic yeah. out to of, get their attention. Out of the
3: norm for, like, if, if yeah. they constantly see you doing whatever, yeah, they're not, like you said, they're not going to notice it. Right. And then all of a sudden you're doing something that's, like, completely out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Completely mm-hmm. unusual, yeah, and it seems like everything seems a little bit out in the country mm-hmm. more so. So, like at least that we see in in the Harry Potter books. So they're like, in my mind, the um, uh, borough has like a lot of land, mm-hmm. so there is not a lot of people around to even yeah see it
4: exactly. No. Which is what what I would like to be in if I were living in the muggle magical world or in like all. Wizarding community. Mm -hmm. Um, So, of course, like most things, this doesn't make everyone happy. Um, So some wizards are like, no, we shouldn't be in hiding. We should be proud. Mm -hmm. You know, this is our world, whatever. And some people are like, it's cool. (laughs) And so um, someone... Go ahead.
3: Do you want to just say, like, just so everyone knows, um, totally... It became, like, officially a thing in 1692, just so uh-huh. this statue of secrecy. There grew. you go. I believe all the world. The whole world. The whole world in, in my hand. <laughs> hand. Okay. <laughs> we spend too much time together. We but do. Just so you know, a time reference of when this um, started.
4: Yes. Okay. So someone by the name of Carlotta Pinkstone, for hmm. instance, and I'm going to quote this, Uh, campaigned to have the statute repealed in the early 20th century. She was imprisoned numerous times for performing spells in front of muggles and telling them the truth about magic. Mm. And then we have, on the other hand, someone that's more violent and extreme, such as our boy, uh, Mr. Grindevold. And his campaign of terror was to be like, yo, no secrecy, down with the muggles. So that's not kind
3: is not.
4: Um, And then the next section of this article says some methods of secrecy are imaginative. So um, wizarding society is kept hidden from muggles with a lot of different kinds of charms. So we talk about Hogwarts and what it might look like to a muggle Mm -hmm. when we walk up. We're like oh, does it look like an abandoned building or do they suddenly remember they have something to do? Mm -hmm. So this says if a muggle were to look at Hogwarts for example, they would see it in ruin with signs mm. telling them to keep out. So we were right about that. And where was that in the books though? That was somewhere. Was it Hagrid that said that?
3: Honestly, I don't remember. Me neither. I'm we also just read them. Not not the one to ask. True. So
4: um and then some are kept completely away from muggles like Diagon Alley. Mm. Um but then there's some like the entrance to St Mungo's. Um, which to the muggle eye looks like a shaggy department store. Yeah. And you have to enter through a magical window and speak to a mannequin, which I didn't remember. If, was that said anywhere except
3: for... Uh, I don't know. It's I, been so long since I I've read five. Um, I don't know if I remember it from the books, but I know that I remember one from reading the articles on Pottermore and like somewhere on like a fan fiction that I read somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah.
4: Oh, man, it's crazy. But then we have the history, or the history, the Ministry of Magic, which we know that you have entrances like the phone box and the loo. Yeah. Where you flush yourself, which... That's crazy. I love that she made you flush yourself.
3: It Go just flush shows, yourself. She just has a
4: great sense of humor, mm-hmm. and I love it. Um, but as everyone knows, keeping the secret's pretty hard work, so you've got to yeah. do a lot of memory charms. And if it's if this statute of secrecy is breached, um, there's Obliviators, which are specially trained ministry wizards and they have to come and clean up your mess. So, keep your magic to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I love this part because I believe I've said on this podcast that Nessie is real and the Loch Ness Monster is something that is impossible to keep hidden, because it says that um, it has been the statute of secretly, secrecy has been repeatedly breached in Scotland because of the Loch Ness monster that's and a, muggles
3: know about it. Awesome, because ah, I like that and I like the theory of like uh, Bigfoot and everything. Yeah, it like says in, yeah in Tibet the Yeti yeah. it
4: got so out of control that they had a task force of wizards in the mountains to keep it hidden. Ooh, thank goodness that was. so <laughs>
3: Well, and even, um, I was reading about, um uh, MACUSA and there was, um, like a breach, I believe in Washington or Oregon, I forget which state it was Yeah, that they had, um, a, there was a, I believe it was a Sasquatch, like uprising because <laughs> the woman that ran the department like believed that the way to like, um, kind of get them in order was like harsh, like, yeah. Um, and they were like, nah, girl, we're not going to, nah, so they girl. had an uprising because they didn't appreciate how they were being treated. Up with the squatches. Yeah.
4: Up with the squatches. But one that we know about, um, I was reading uh, Sorcerer's Stone to my students and with Voldemort's f- uh, downfall and all the owls and the shooting stars and stuff, mm-hmm. that was almost a breach. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1981, that was almost a breach. Um, and then it says there are exceptions to the rules, which is like when you have like a muggle-born, um, kid. So, you know, that's acceptable, obviously. But that's a really cool article on, uh, on Pottermore about it. And as
3: always, we'll post these links.
4: True. Um, I've been talking so
3: much. Do you want me to read Katie? Do you want to read Katie? Sure. Let's let's get a break from my voice. I know (laughs) y'all love it, but... So um, we were talking about, like, why we think it's so important, like, the statute of secrecy. Um, And, I I mean, I do. I think it's an... um, This is me talking, not Katie. Like, because we've seen in history that um, in real-time life and in, like, just this world, like (laughs) Harry Potter's world, that when we don't understand something or something's a little bit different than what we believe, that we tend to... uh, to go to the extreme, you know, with mm-hmm. certain world wars, like with the Holocaust and everything, like you're different, all that stuff. So yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad thing yeah. to be secretive. Um, yeah. And I think that it, I think that, cause then Tiffany posts, do you think that wizards should intervene in the muggle world? I think that if it affects them and yeah. I, I've talked about this, like, I think time and time again about with the world war specifically, right. Um, how I want to see, and I'm going to assume that we get to see in the fantastic beast movies, yeah, well, we the saw, interaction. Yeah. We saw the planes that we were assuming. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing that might be cause we know his brother fought in the war. Um, True. and I read with reading about Macu's, and I'm sure that Megan's going to talk about this in the next episode with, um, with the American Revolution, how Makuza and, like, the Ministry of Magic were involved. Like, um, the, um, Minister, MACUSA literally wrote to them and asked, like, if they were going to get involved. And they literally sent back, like, a four-word four letter saying, like, sitting this one out. That's what Ministry of Magic says to Makuza during the American Revolution. And then Makuza writes back, see that you do. Ooh. Or like something like that. Like, yes, Shade. it was like it. So it's interesting to read about it, and I'm I'm excited to see it. And so I think that we're gonna get um, so
4: much. I guarantee it.
3: Yes, I oh, I hope I'm really excited about all of this. Well, because like it's to, our more, country, yes. you know. And like, and that's what I've said. Like, I as an American know my history more so. than right. the, uh, like world history. Not that I don't know world history. I just know my own like it better. makes me
4: think like okay let's talk about the civil war like oh mm-hmm. how many witches and wizards fought in the civil war like who was at gettysburg yes there was only one civilian that died in the battle of gettysburg like is that because maybe um witches and wizards were pr- protecting the citizens and in I, the, in I the I city
3: hope. and i hope that i know for me like i i take a pride for the most part i'm in my country and like you know, all the men and women legitimately that are in our military, like, they, hopefully, like, I would assume that wizards would treat it the same way. Like, they're gonna, it's my country and I'm gonna do what I can to, like, make sure. Yes, like, it's, (laughs) we're gonna be there for each other kind of thing. And I like to think that as much as sometimes people aren't wonderful human beings, it doesn't matter. You're Mm. you're fighting for the country, doing that stuff, you know?
4: Let's pause. We love our Service members. yeah. Thank you. All military. We, it. we love you.
3: So then Katie says, I think it's really tricky business and I'm constantly going back and forth in my head over whether or not the wizarding world should be kept a secret. I understand it because most importantly, it seems necessary for safety reasons. The fear of the unknown plagues many things in humanity. And for witches and wizards, this is plain as the day is, uh, they wait. Words, can't read. Where is (laughs) it?
4: I'm looking for it. This is plain as
3: the day with the Salem witch trials, but at the same time, should anyone be forced into hiding for who they are? Mm. This is true. Um, This makes me think of the LGBTQ plus plus community. Could you argue um, that for safety reasons, and that's like in quotations, and because some people don't understand it, that the LGBTQ plus community, people should be kept secret definitely not Mm-mm. so that's where i'm struggling with it from a wizarding perspective but it's also tricky because what about magical curse cures for illnesses is that to be shared is there a line to draw <gasps> so many questions and now i feel like i'm rambling so i think i'll stop there
4: she brings up so many good points yeah because you have to think about the way that things should happen naturally mm-hmm but then you think about, okay, well we have all these things, uh, let's just compare it to modern medicine. We have all these ways that to um keep elongate life and stuff like that. But like it just would it work as well? Like, I don't know. S-
3: like say I am um like a, a witch and I can cure... Oh, you're this a witch. ...fellow witch or wizard's cancer. Right. But like say, God forbid, I hope this never ever happens. Don't say, say it. Okay, won't. Well, but say person A has cancer in are muggle, nomad... Yeah. magique as the French would call it. Mm-hmm. Or non-magique, I think is what they say.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And if I'm a witch and I try to cure their cancer, like what if that? What if it's not as effective? Or what if it makes it worse? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't. I wonder how I don't know magic would affect a muggle, no magic, etc. I don't know. Muggle, nomad, like, I don't know. N- completely, I agree with Katie, and I don't. I don't think. Um,
4: well, I when just, she's comparing yeah. it to the LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus community, you think, yeah, no, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have to be in hiding. But we just said from wizards, we would want to be in hiding. But when you think about it from the other way, you're mm-hmm. like, no, you shouldn't be. So now, like, yeah. Now what? It's like
3: one of, it's a tricky question. It really
4: is. Yeah. There should be an ethics course.
3: Yes. Wizarding But at the same, like I think also when you watch um, like X-Men and you see all of that when they find out like mutants are real and they're being persecuted.
4: Or even the supers in The Incredibles.
3: Yes. Like it's, it's interesting though, if you think about it. Oh, Cause there's, there's those people that are the extremes with both parties. Yes. Oh God. Um, more so talking about like uh, X-Men and stuff. Yeah. Not not so much in real time life, but like. We don't want to talk about real time life. I just, I don't know. It poses, it poses a good it's, question. It's a tough question. So let's hear from you guys, ladies, gents. Um, what do you think? Would yeah. you want it to be? Kept a secret, yeah. Um, I would just be jealous because I'm not magical. <laughs> See, and therein <laughs> lies an issue. <laughs> I'm also like I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the person to ask because I'm a very accepting person. If you're a wonderful human being, you're cool in my book. You know what I mean? I don't care about any of the rest of this stuff.
4: We just care about good, nice people. Yeah, so be good humans. Puritans. Let's talk about them. They were pure. Were they? Really? No. <laughs> Am I wrong? This
3: literally tastes like cereal milk.
4: Well, I'm glad you like it. Okay. Or you don't. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. So, um, let's talk about some witch trials, which pretty, pretty sad. Um, And I'll have to, this, I should have done it earlier, but I would like to shout out my sister.
3: Oh, I shout her out too.
4: Oh, good. My sister um, is shy, but not shy. Um, But she did not want to be on the episode. She said I could give her a shout-out, though. So so this is Ashley's shout-out. She loves history and everything about it. I think she should be some kind of educator teaching about the Civil War because she literally has a T-shirt that says Civil War nut. (laughs) She just loves history. So this is a shout-out to her because she has been actually reading up about the Salem Witch Trials. And so there you go, Boo Rook. Enjoy.
3: Um, I can't wait for you to hear my shout out. Okay.
4: <laughs> um the by the way, Sarah and Ashley are pretty much the same person. Moving on. <laughs> the witch trials um took place in Salem, Massachusetts in 1692 and 1693. And they're pretty much a stain well, on our history. And you
3: know what's crazy, and I'll talk about it a little bit more too, um that they aren't the only witch trials in America. Which, mm. when I was looking up, because there's in Europe, it lasted European witch trials are yes, yes. And when you think of the American witch hunts, mm-hmm. it's Salem, but that's not like but the that's only. Not it. Yeah, and yeah. it's just I, the one that's most well known, correct? Um, And sad. And really, it's only short. It's shortly lived where they were executing people. Yeah, because um, it started June. Um, and, ended. the last people were killed in September of that, of 90, uh, 62, no 92, So just those couple of months, but they <laughs> were still doing trials and everything. Anyway, sorry, go on. We'll get to it. Puritans who they be.
0: Wow.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can tell I'm really excited she about really
4: it. really excited. Um, I also have to say that in, did we tell them this was part one? Part 1.
3: In the beginning that was sorry about the whole jumble mess but yeah, yes. if it if we said it all
4: right, if we didn't This is part 1. Yeah. Um I have a I can, I can call her a friend. Um I've never met her in real life, but I met her on Instagram cuz we have similar looking dogs. She has a dog that looks like uh Fosbear. And her name is Rebecca Dunbar, and she is Awesome! I wish I could hang out with her in real life, but she is going to send me some of her work that she has done about the Salem witch trials and she lives in um, Glasgow. So where was I going with that? I'm not sure, but that's her shout out for part one. Um, so the Salem witch trials are considered to be um, like a unique flare up from European suspicions brought to America by a few settlers. But like you said, this is not the only instance in that. Um witchcraft was like pretty commonly talked about back in the day, and because a lot of it had to do with like medicine. we call it medicine now, mm-hmm. but a lot of people thought it was like the stuff of witchcraft mm-hmm. which no friends
3: well, and it 's also <laughs> interesting to hear what like their medical practices were like there are people that literally believed like you would you 'd let them I forget what it 's called maybe. Bleed, like blooding or something, where they'd cut you and like they, they, you'd bleed for a little bit. Like and you were like bleeding. Bowl, yeah. And then they're like, "Yeah, you're bleeding all the bad stuff." Yeah, out. Like, that's yeah. How it works? You're just bleeding your blood out. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. blood. Nobody.
4: <laughs> Name that movie. Um, although uh, belief in witchcraft was prevalent throughout American colonies, formal trials and executions occurred on, occurred Acured. occurred only in Puritan communities of New England. It says. But you said that that's not true. In later years, okay. Um, so Puritans thought they had like a unique mission in America, and they were originally that was hard to get out. Members of Protestant groups in England, and so they practiced um, that in the Church of England under King James the First, and. It says Protestants belong to a religious group that was formed in opposition of the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. in the late 1500s. And although the Church of England is a Protestant denomination, many aspects of the doctrine are based on Catholicism. All religions are linked.
3: Mm-hmm. Literally. Well, I mean, I believe they started the Church of England, so what's his face? He could divorce his wife, couldn't he? Jane? Whoa. Uh,
4: the 8th? Henry, what did you say? (laughs)
3: Not
4: Not words. Oh, my God. Why are we so in sync? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to read this um, directly from here so I don't get anything wrong. Friends, I am not well-versed. I do not have any kind of degree in this, so don't hate me. So... It says the Puritans' protests angered James I and his successor, Charles, which was 1600 to 1649, both of whom forced them to leave England. So they're already mad. (laughs) After living in other European countries, such as the Netherlands, which was Holland, the Puritans began arriving in New England in 1620. And at that time, Puritans called themselves the Pilgrims and founded the Plymouth Colony in Massachusetts with hopes of establishing their vision of God's kingdom on earth, a.k.a. let's force religion on people. Nine years later, another group of Puritans was given another charter um, and started in nearby Massachusetts Bay Colony, and all the Puritans had intense faith in themselves as God's chosen people. And they also brought European superstitions regarding witchcraft and the inferiority of women. Oh, that's cool. Which became um, crucial factors in the witch hunt persecutions in the late 17th century. More often than not, I believe that um, Time Life came out with a magazine on Salem Witch Trials. And it said about only 20% of the witches that were persecuted were men.
3: Yeah, most of them were women. 80% were women. Yep.
4: And usually the ones that got called out for being a, quote, witch were the outspoken women.
3: Yeah. Well, or like...
4: Standing up for, you know, yes. your rights. Yeah.
3: um, It's interesting, just so y'all know, in Harry Potter, or I should say Wizarding World history, so with Ilvermorny... I believe her name is Zolt is how you pronounce it. Sayer, I believe this is her last name. Sayer, yeah. Um, she came over in 1620, just so you get a time reference of like mm-hmm. when all of that is happening as mm-hmm. well. Um, but going back to the Puritans and all that stuff in Salem witch trials, you'll see that um, a lot of people, I believe, were like scapegoats. Like, oh, I'm fighting with this person; they're a witch. Yeah. Or you, like you said, outspoken. You'll see with John Proctor. His wife, um like and he disagreed with everything, so his wife first was called um is like a witch, and he like protested so much that they're like, "Oh, I bet you're one too,, mm-hmm. it's just crazy,, Ugh, it was
4: literally, I mean, we use the term witch hunt today, mm-hmm. um, for anything like that, and like that's literally what it is. It was people like calling you out mm-hmm. for outrageous things, and yeah you know people just throw that term around well it's it's deep rooted guys Mm -hmm. um there is an article on Pottermore called history of magic in North America
3: it's a big read because it has Mm -hmm. centuries
4: yeah so I'm just going to kind of piece out the 14th century through the 17th century and this is written by Rowling directly just so you know I don't know if a lot of people know this Pottermore has writers they're not all Rowling correct. Okay. I, mean, I thought people would
3: know that. I don't but know if they do. I still believe that Th- everything from canon. Pottermore is canon. Yeah. Because she like she S- has to okay. approve it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Glad yeah, okay. yeah. we're on the same page. So um, she says though European explorers call it the new world when they first reached the continent, wizards had known about America long before muggles. Um, But we in America apparently call them nomad. short for nomadique.
3: I don't like just muggle. I am. I'm so, just muggle so much better. Muggle is ingrained
4: better. in my head. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they had, what does it say? It said various modes of magical travel, brooms and apparition among them, not to mention visions and premonitions, meant that even far-flung wizarding communities were in contact with each other from the <sighs> Middle Ages onward.
3: That's really cool that they could speak essentially through visions and premonitions. I like that. Yeah, that's really
4: cool. I really enjoy that.
3: One would say it's magical.
4: One would. (laughs) Um, So it says the Native American magical community and those of Europe and Africa had known about each other long before the immigration of Europe, no matches, in the 17th century. Of course, wizards are going to be ahead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And they were already aware of the similarities between their communities. Um, Certain families were magical and sometimes magic appeared in unexpected families, like mm-hmm. Muggleborns. Um, you know what
3: they call them? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just no-madge-born, but it's like no dash dash born
4: That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Um, so it says, in Native American community, some witches and wizards were accepted and even lauded within their tribes, gaining reputations for healing as medicine men. Or Outstanding Hunters. So um, I really like that she pulled that, like medicine men. Mm-hmm. Um, but others were stigmatized for their beliefs and they were thought to be malevolent spirits, which you always get that. That's mm-hmm. that black magic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really cool. So the legend of the Native American, quote, Skinwalker... Is said to be an evil witcher wizard that can transform into an animal at will. What does that sound like to you?
3: Well, there's a thing, animagus. I mean, it does, yes, it does <laughs> sound like an animagus, and also makes me think of werewolves. But, um, in, oh,
0: yeah,
3: um, oh shoot, True Blood, which is also based on mm. a book, um, mm-hmm. that Sam Merlot he can shape, he's a shapeshifter. Um, and in it, he's like kind of, I think she's a shapeshifter as well. Or maybe she can only turn into a wolf. I forget what her name is, but he meets this girl. She yeah. can do the same. Yeah. Um, I remember that. And she was talking about, I believe in Native American culture. And this is on the show. I don't know if this is actually in the books that they're based on. Cause they obviously are a little bit divergent of the books. Um, that's also a book. Correct. <laughs> Where some people could turn into, other humans but like it makes them really sick and sam's brother not only is a shapeshifter but like turns out to be like one of those people that is able to shift into other humans creepy but it's like really difficult and yeah. i think he dies from it i don't remember Ooh. for sure Well, it seemed like it would be but too funny. um because he ends up turning into his brother whole long story but that's something that it reminds me because i believe they call it, like she even says like the skinwalker in the Move or at the show. Interesting. Yeah.
4: Okay. Um. So basically, you know, these people would turn into animals to escape the persecution, or they could use whatever they turn into to hunt for the tribes. Um. And then you know, people were faking magical powers and whatever, and ah, not good.
3: Well, you even—I would say—you'd see that nowadays too. Oh, like for sure, you see that now.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, the Native American wizarding community is particularly gifted in animal and plant magic. Um, its potions, in particular, of sophistication beyond much of what is known. What was known in Europe? I wonder if they could teach Snape a thing or two. <laughs> He—I mean—he's obviously a master of potions. So I wonder. I wonder if he could. I'm sure he could learn from them. Um so it says the magic of the wand originated in Europe, wands channel magic so as to make the effects both more precise and more powerful, although it's generally held to be the mark of the very greatest witches and wizards that have been known to produce wandless magic of very high quality. As the Native American animagi and potion makers demonstrated, wandless magic can attain great complexity, but charms and transfiguration are a very difficult one without the wand.
3: And speaking of wands in America, mm. I'm I'm not going to get too much into it because we're going to talk about it in the Ilvermorny um, episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's so interesting to see the difference of, like, North American magic that we are reading about and learning about um, and everything we know from Harry Potter and everything in, in England and mm-hmm. Europe that even their wand, like, how they... Use their wands like growing up is different. Yeah, because at Ilvermorny they aren't allowed to take them home during the summer. They have to leave their wand at school. That's
4: crazy to me. It's
3: insane. Yeah, um, and they get their wand like they go to Ilvermorny and then they get get their wand there. there. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, fun fact in case you guys didn't know that. Right.
4: Um. So you can see, like, I bet you, you know, when you know Europeans come over, the Muggles come over, and they like see. The medicine men and stuff—you can just imagine them getting like scared or wanting to like use them and yeah. Mm-hmm. Only if harness it's nice, their power. Only if it's good magic and not that black magic or whatever.
3: Yeah, stupid.
4: <clears throat> um, but Megan, as far as Salem witch trials goes, she says. This makes me think of Wendell and the Weird, who allowed herself to get caught 47 times because she would cast a spell to make the flames tickle her, and she enjoyed it. In Harry's third year, he had to write an essay for history and magic called Witch Burning in the 14th Century. It was completely pointless. Discuss. Because uh, magic, duh. <laughs> um, all right. Thus ends my rambling, and I feel like I've literally talked all day because I taught all day, and then I did this. <laughs> so teach me something.
3: So... I feel like I have a lot to say and I'm going to apologize now. If I get anything incorrect, please be nice to me and correcting me. Um, So first I want to just read some about more about the magic um, and everything from Pottermore and that same article. So it's, if the link is a history of magic in North America and it's broken up, the first section that Tiffany read some was the 14th century to the 17th century and then the biggest section is the 17th century and beyond. And then um, the last, well, then there's Rappaport's Law, which Katie is going to talk about. I'm going to briefly mention it. And then 1920s with Wizarding America. Um, it's just so fascinating. So as no, it's, I'm going to read from it. So as no um, mad, I don't know why I want to say magique. We are in America. We don't care. As nomad Europeans began to um, immigrate to the New World, more witches and wizards of European origin also came to settle in America. So like their nomad counterparts, they had a variety of reasons for leaving their countries of origin. Some were driven by a sense of adventure, but most were running away from something, either sometimes persecution by nomadges, sometimes from a fellow witch or wizard, but also from the wizarding authorities. Mm -hmm. And so the latter sought to blend in among the increasing tide of nomadges or hide among the Native American wizarding population who were generally welcoming and protective of the um, European brethren. So from the first, however, from... Yeah, that's weird. It was clear that the New World was going to be a harsher environment for those witches and wizards than the Old World. And it says there were three main reasons for this. So first... um, just like the nomad counterparts, they were coming from countries that um, they were used to things being kind of a little bit more readily available to themselves. Mm. But now they're, they um, are in a country with few amenities. So back home, they only had to visit the local apothecary to find the things that they needed for potions. Mm-hmm. But here they had to forage among yeah. unfamiliar magical plants. Um, there were no established wand makers. And there really, at this time, was no school. Because um, she, um, Isalt who started Ilvermorny kind of by happenstance, really, which we're going to talk about, yeah. it, as of right now, I think it's just rough. This is exactly what it says, was no more than a rough shack containing two teachers and two students. So they didn't really have anything that they were used to because um, Hogwarts, if you didn't know, was founded. Um, let me find my little article. Hogwarts was founded sometime in the 10th century, so between 1900 Oof. and um, 1000, essentially. So, Hogwarts is like old hat. They're used to going to school. There. They have an old hat there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> So, secondly, the actions of their fellow nomads made the non magical population of most of the wizards' homelands look lovable. So, not only had conflict developed between the immigrants and the Native American population, which struck a blow at the unity of the magical community, their religious beliefs made them deeply intolerant of any trace of magic, which mm. we will see. Mm. Um, so, the Purit- Puritans were happy to accuse each other of occult activity on the slenderest evidence. And the New World witches and wizards were right to be extremely wary of them, which we will really find out. Yeah. And so the last part is probably the most dangerous problem that they encountered, like wizards encountered, um, while in the newly North America, which were scorers. That's, I believe, how you pronounce it. So I'm going to talk about them. Scorers. <laughs> it is insane. As I probably will talk, say that word a million times. Yeah. So they basically filled the void that there was no law enforcement in the new world. So they were unscrupulous band of wizarding mercenaries from many foreign nationalities who were um, much feared and they were brutal. They were brutal task force. That they assigned themselves, basically, yeah, and they were committed to hunting down not only known criminals but anyone who might be worth some gold. <laughs> and Katie, Katie interjects, <laughs> saying, "Sounds like Robin Hood, ro- the Robin Hoods of the Wizarding World, only bad, right? Lol, um, which is true. Like it's scary because, yeah, who are they to tell you what to do mm-hmm. when they?" We're probably thinking like, "Oh, I came from France, like that's my government. they're not you know what I mean, but they're also so far away, right And you see this too in in American history where The colonies kind of do their own thing because um, England's so far away. He's like, my mom ain't here. (laughs) I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) Cookies for dinner? Yes, please. So they became more corrupt with time, and because they were far away from the jurisdiction of their native magical government, many indulged in a love of authority and cruelty unjustified by their mission.
4: Power, man. Makes (sighs) people psycho. Yep.
3: So um, these scorers enjoyed bloodshed and torture Ugh. and they even went so far as trafficking their fellow wizards sounds like snatchers Mm-hmm. so their numbers grew and there was um even evidence that they would try and pass nomadges off as wizards to collect rewards from gullible non-magic members of the community oh lord i mean any way to any way to get their money any way for to get a galleon well i don't know if- Galleons is what they use. Whatever, it's gold. <laughs> so after um, the Salem witch trials, when Makuza was finally founded, their first task actually was to put those scores on trial um, because they betrayed their own kind. So again, Megan's going to go more into Makuza, but I'll, I'm going to still talk about scores a little bit. So most uh the most notorious scour scorers eluded <laughs> justices and vanished permanently into the no magic world. Except it says no magic community is what I wrote. Oh. So some married no mages and had families. And I thought this was super interesting. So they would remove their magical children if they had them to maintain their cover. And they literally said they like winnowed them, like W I N N like O-W-E-D or something like that. And so I had to look it up. What does it mean? So basically, like, you know how... It, in my mind, it's similar to um when you have a squib and you would try to, like, either send them away or whatever. Ariana. So, like, they, they removed their children from their family. So they, like... I had Billy and Sue as kids, and Billy turned out to be magical. Bye. I'm I'm guessing that's how it went. Holy macro, um, But I wonder, like, did they... Nevada them Hopefully not I But if they're truly Those notorious Scourers scores Or whatever I think they're scours Scours Um And they enjoyed the blood Like I don't scourers. think they would You know they're, they're trying to To Yeah Keep their cover Yeah Ugh. So then the vengeful scours cast out from their people, um, they passed their convictions about magic and the fact that witches and wizards needed to be exterminated mm-hmm. um, to their descendants. So they passed that on, um, which is crazy. Like, that the hate can go on for years. Because, so we see um, Rappaport's Law, which Katie's going to talk about this more, but um, that's basically, the law itself is the fact that it is illegal for witches and wizards to interact at all unless it's absolutely necessary with no matches. Eh. But it has to do with Bartholomew Barebone, hey. who is a scored descendant. And then I don't know and I, if he is related to Mary Lou Barebone. Oh, guarantee! I'm assuming yes, because yes. you see her Yes, the Salem... Mm-hmm. What does she call her? Salem... Second Salem Church or something like yeah. that, and Fantastic Beast. Yeah, so my mind like reading this, I was like, "What?
4: Oh my god! Yeah, oh my
3: gosh! That's crazy! Yeah, um, gosh, yeah." And so, basically, I'm going to read the end of the article um, for this section. It says American magical historian um, Theophilus. Abbott had Mm -hmm. identified several such families, each with a deep belief in magic and a great hatred of it. It may be partly due to the anti-magic beliefs and activities of the descendants of Scora families that North American nomadges often seemed um, harder to fool and hoodwink on the subject of magic than many other populations. This has had far-reaching repercussions on the way the American wizarding community Mm -hmm. is governed. And then Megan comes in saying, so many names we know. Mm -hmm. Abbott, question mark, bare bones, question mark. So cool. Mm. All right. So I'm going to read verbatim my notes right here. I'll do it. Chill it. It's Salem time, witches. Do you get it? (laughs) Katie wrote in her little notes going, lol, nice, which is just LOL. So I'm going to talk about the information from Pottermore first. Um, and then I will get into the actual historical stuff from uh, real-time life. So it's from 19... I don't know why I keep wanting to say this. <laughs> I keep wanting to say it's 1962, and it's 1692 to 1693. At least two known scorers, scours... What are we calling them?
4: Scours?
3: Scourers. Scours. Among the so-called Puritan judges. Um, they were paying off feuds that had developed while in America... So many of the dead were indeed witches, but they were innocent of the accused crimes. And the others were nomads that just um, got caught up in the general hysteria and bloodshed, unfortunately. So the immediate effect um, was to cause many witches and wizards to flee the new world and many more to decide against locating there. Um, which led to an interesting variation, like, in the magical population. Population? I was going to say a different word, I think. Um, Of North (laughs) America compared to Europe, Asia, and Africa. So until the 20th century, there were fewer witches and wizards in America's general population than um, those other continents. So purebloods rarely left for America because they were well informed about the going-ons from, um, like, I don't know, however they learned things. Sorry, that well, makes no well, no, sense. they talk to each other, you know, yes, but, yes. but I wouldn't want to go either. But, um, basically, so since they knew all of the stuff that was going on in America or the new world, um, a lot of them didn't come pure woods. So therefore there's a higher percentage of nomad-born witches and wizards in the new world than anywhere else, which I was like, that's super interesting, um, and Katie even says this is a cra- kind of crazy cool. Although, do you think this might mean there's a higher rate of obscurals in America? Probably. I would, <clears throat> I would think so. Uh huh. Because it's so, um, I think because they're so strict with their laws. First of all, about being so secretive and having no communication with nomadges, unless it's like. It it unless it's absolutely necessary, but also because of their tragic history, which Europe Europe still has it, mm-hmm. but their laws are are la- more lax than um America's. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the obscurals are more so um higher in America.
4: Yeah, no I when when did the witch trials in Europe end? Because that could have, like, a lot to do with, like, people wanting to hide or pushing their magic down in America.
3: I want to say they started in the 15th century. Okay. And I want to say they ended in the 18th century. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was trying to, like, also look that up just for reference. Mm Mm-hmm. So they peaked, especially from the mid-15th century, which is the 1400s, to the Mm. uh, mid-18th century, which is the 1700s. Mm. Um, So that makes sense, time-wise, you know. Most executions in um, Europe for witchcraft were from 1580 to 1650, Hmm. is what this... While, uh, this is a quote from... I'm still talking from that history of magic in North America. It says, while these witches and wizards often went on to marry and found um, their own all-magical families, the pure-blood ideology that has dogged much of Europe's magical history has gained far less traction in America. Um, And then Megan comments on this, saying, this kind of surprises me because of how anti-nomad America is. If there are so... Um, if there are more nomad borns here than anywhere else, why are they so unwavering in their communication laws with them? Seems backwards though. Clearly based on history, I can understand it because of the witch trials. And then Katie says, I agree. It's probably based on history. It's sad, but the community suffered such a blow. They're kind of blinded by their fear. Yeah. Um, and I agree to that, but also like if you, I don't know if they've read, um, like what happened with the uh, reason for the law, like the Rapoport's law, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, which is why they like, um, I'm trying to think of like what year it was. Um, Cause it was after the no. Um, so that was made in 1790. So, with with the witch trials and that was decimating the country and then with this yeah. law and everything that happened with that and yeah. um, like, f- not floundering, but, like, what happened in, like, until it became um, a permanent residence in New York. Like, I think that all of these things were just adding to being, like, you know, we really got to keep, like, an eye on this and, like, mm-hmm. keep them separated. And you... It's just... Even e- seeing how Europe progressed versus America did. Like we've always been a little bit more conservative in a lot of ways. Do you think
4: like because of the types of, I don't know, more conservative people like came here yes, or do you think, but were they more radical because they were trying to do their own thing?
3: I think Puritans, we were founded on them. You know what I mean? With those thoughts of like, yeah, I think that's a big part of why we're so different. Um that's just my theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So the um, most significant effect from the Salem witch trials um and everything and all of this was the creation of Makuza, which stands for the Magical Congress of the United States of America, which I said is an interesting name mm.
2: because
3: mm. Yes. I thought of this. I was and then I Ooh. writing these notes, I was like. It's interesting that when J.K. Rowling was doing all of this Ilvermorny stuff, yeah. and it even says in here that yes, the Magical Congress of the United States of America, um, and this all started in nineteen. Gosh darn it! In sixteen ninety three. I'm going to keep two thousand eighteen. Keep switching the letter, the words, the letters, the numbers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, gonna, so Macusa was created. Um, in 1693, that's when the Salem witch trials ended. Mm -hmm. Um, but I find it interesting that it's called the magical Congress of the United States of America because we were not called the United States of America in 1693. That happened uh, many a year later.
4: So do you think wizards were in for like when we called ourselves like the United States of America and created our Congress and all of that? I don't know. Since this came first, well, could well could be. Why aren't we,
3: why why not? No, I was trying to think of like with the law and everything of not talking because no we have kings. Because it was in seventeen seventy six, by the way, when we first started the ball rolling of um, America being separate from England with the signing of the Declaration of Independence and mm-hmm. the American Revolution and all mm-hmm. of that stuff, and um, so yeah. I just was like, hmm, that's interesting that it's called that. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm also going to talk so we're going to talk about Salem, but I want to talk about some things that predated Salem a little bit in the New World. Okay. So, with Connecticut between 1647 and 1697, about 3 dozen people, um it's like the exact number is disputed, um as many court records have been lost, but they were charged with witchcraft. 11 were executed all by hanging. 9 of the 11 were women. The two men who were executed, um, along with their wives, so that's interesting. Um, Did so I think they were just like
4: witch families then, if they were married, you know.
3: It talks about um, Connecticut's second executed witch, Mary Johnson, was sent to the gallows in 1648 after having detained and tort having been detained and tortured for years, according to connecticuthistory.org. And then under duress, she admitted to fa- fa- wow, fa- familiarity with the devil and unclean cleanliness, well, except it doesn't say that; it says uncleanness with men and devils, thereby, thereby providing the first recorded confession of witchcraft in the American colonies. Um, and I think you see this, and we'll see even later on, uh, and we know from other types of, like in real life, where people will just admit to something because they keep asking and they keep saying like, you know, you did this, you know, you did this. And like, you can almost plant mm-hmm. the idea in someone's head and they've seen that, um, happen. So False even confessions. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So before even the witch Salem witch trials, um, in 1688, a woman named Mary Glover was hanged in Boston. Um, Cotton Mather was involved in the case, And he published a book called Memorable Providences Relating to Witchcraft and Possessions. And he was convinced of the reality of witchcraft and became involved in the events in Salem. And so he warned of the dubious value of spectral evidence. And we'll see this later on. Um, But then those concerns were unheard during the trial, like all of the trials. And I said... Just because this was interesting, I thought. So his Mm -hmm. name is Cotton Mather. And just cool facts, his father, who was the president of Harvard College, his name was Increase Mather. And I just (laughs) thought that was an interesting fact.
4: That makes me think of Eminem.
3: Yes, I was thinking (laughs) the same thing when I was reading this. I was like, oh, I wonder. But his last name is Mathers. Marshall Mathers, if you do not know what Eminem's real name was. So I got some topics from History.com. Okay. Talking about the Salem Witch Trial. So we began in the summer of... um, 19, no, 1692. You're never going to get it right. (laughs) I'm never going to get it right. (laughs) And then I did say the European witch hunts began in the 15th century, just for reference, and ended roughly in the 18th century. So I knew I had those in my notes. Oh, my God. So a group of girls in Salem Village, Massachusetts, claimed to be possessed by the devil and accused several local women of witchcraft. So a wave of hysteria, and that began, I want to say, that January, January, February of that year. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, a wave of hysteria spread throughout the colony and then a special court was convened in Salem to hear the cases. So, um, Bridget Bishop was the first to be hanged that June, followed um, by 18 people after her. Um, they were hanged at Salem's Gallows Hill and then I, um... Was actually talking about this last night on a Google Hangout, except Mm -hmm. it's not Google Hangout anymore because we use Zoom. It's a Zoom! (laughs) But I watched this YouTuber and her channel's called Ask a Mortician. So it's a little morbid because she's a mortician. She owns a funeral home Mm -hmm. um, or funeral business. I mean, it's a necessary job. Yes. So she kind of talks about, obviously, like the death and dying and like um, more things, but she also dives deep into talking about like famous corpses and other kind of ghostly stories famous. but she has what's a, what
4: famous corpse um like just a famous person that's No masked.
3: like what, like corpses that are like you've heard of them before like she, she doesn't she did an um an episode on oh who did madonna play in that woman movie the don't cry for me argentina I, i'm sorry that i don't know this woman's name but she in in argentina like was married to the president like that person in real life her corpse. She has a whole story because it like went places. There's another one like that. I remember oh. seeing the girl, um, a little girl who there like her eyes like her eyes move, but it's really like the way that like the sun's hitting her or something. Mm. But she has a couple videos on famous corpses. Um, but she did a video. Her name's um, Caitlin Doty, I believe, about Salem and Gallows Hill. So if you guys want to see it, I will. I can put the YouTube um, link up there. Again, she could be a little morbid because she is a mortician. I just find it fascinating um and all of the stuff and she also did she was the one I was telling you about She did a episode about um there was a ship that was trying to like cut through Canada way back in the day. Remember there's that show that you guys are watching oh uh and so she she does stuff oh, like darn. mysteries too that she talks about so she talking yeah. about um how essentially they were saying that. Everyone was hung at Gallows Hill, but they actually think it was Proctor's Ledge because it makes more sense. And there's like this whole project. Uh So she talks more about it um, and talks kind of like the backstory of like Giles Giles Corey. And I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. So it's just it's a great it's less than 10 minutes. I find it fascinating. I like her um, her content. Yeah. And so um, more than 150 men, women, and children were accused of witchcraft in this time. So the trials and the hangings, um, they stopped. Well, the hangings stopped. The trials continued a little bit. Stopped September 1692 when public opinion soon turned against all of it.
4: Mm.
3: So um, 9-year-old Elizabeth Betty Paris, 11-year-old Abigail Williams, they began to have fits, violent contortions, and uncontrollable outbursts of screaming. So a local doctor basically diagnosed them with bewitchment, and the other girls in the community began to act the same way. And then um, from this history.org um, article, there was a journal, Science Magazine, in 90, 1976 that um, published a study that basically kind of said there was a, um, a fungus ergot I think is how you say it Which is found in rye, wheat, and other cereals Which toxicologists Mm. say Can cause symptoms such as delusions Vomiting and muscle spasms
4: Interesting. So it
3: may be um, able to explain What could have happened to those girls All those years ago Which it makes sense You know a scientific reason of why they were They were just sick What's the
4: science behind that?
3: (laughs) So other women Like the other girls that uh, What's the word I'm looking for Um, Basically we're saying like you're a witch What am I trying to say? Accusing Accusing is the word I'm looking for So there's Ann Putnam Jr. uh, Mercy Lewis Elizabeth Hubbard Mary Walcott And Mary Warren Mm. So the Mm -hmm. girls Mm -hmm. accused Tituba Who was a Caribbean slave The Paris' owned um, A homeless beggar named Sarah Good And the poor elderly Sarah Osborne Of witchcraft And I was like wow there's a lot of Sarah's There's even more (laughs) Sarah's later Mm. on So, um, and I just thought this was interesting that a way to prove that they were bewitched, they would, um, could make a witch cake is what it was called. So it was made, I'm just gross. Oh, give me this recipe. It's made from rye and the urine of the two original girls. So Betty Paris and Abigail Williams. And in those days... People believed that if you suspected a person was bewitched, you could make a witch cake and feed it to the dog. And if the dog then behaved like the afflicted person, it was proof that the witchcraft was the cause. And in this case, the dog was given the cake and its behavior afterwards was said to be like that of the afflicted girls. So this is taken as just evidence... vomiting and stuff? I guess, that witchcraft was indeed responsible. Which blows my mind. <laughs> like... It makes sense that if you are ill and say, like those reports said, it could be in the rye. So not only this stuff could be in your urine and in the rye and you're making cake and feeding it to a dog, like the dog is essentially not could be getting a double dose. Just regular cake. You're making a <laughs> cake. <laughs> well, OK, I don't think you're allowed to say that word. <laughs> but isn't that a, isn't it called a urinal cake? Is that like a thing? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and Katie says, Hold sometimes on, the things in the swear. past really, like, boggle me. Yikes. <laughs> um, and so they were brought before Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne. And Megan writes, um, Pasha, who is a listener and a um, supporter on Patreon, she said her wife is a di- distantly related to him, I believe, or, like, a direct descendant, something like that. She was telling us mm-hmm. last night, which is so weird. It's, like, crazy that we could be... Like, oh, related to these people. Anybody good, you know? Yes. Um. So they questioned, they questioned Sarah Bor- Osborne and Sarah Good both denied their guilt, but Tituba confessed. So she probably confessed because she had hoped that she'd be spared. And if so, she was correct because while she was imprisoned, um, she was not executed, and she didn't die in prison. And so, once the hysteria was over, she kind of like withdrew her confession. And there's not really much known about what happened to her afterwards. Obviously, she's not alive now. But yeah. um, I just thought that was cool. Like that, yeah. I mean, it's I, it just worked out that way, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so, Sarah Osborne died while in prison, mm. and then Sarah Good was hanged in July 19. Gosh darn it, 1692. <laughs> Um, and then Tichibut claimed that there were other witches acting alongside of her. So as hysteria spread, a number of others were in, um, accused, including Martha Corey mm-hmm. and Rebecca Nurse, who both were regarded as upstanding members of the, c- the church and community. And even Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter was accused, which is like crazy. Um, several accused witches confessed and named others, and soon the trials began to overwhelm the local justice system several accused wishes confessed. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that they're thinking, like, it's better if I just say yes, because I'm not going to, like, the other ones are going to... They won't believe me anyways if I deny it, which is true. So
4: maybe if I tell the truth, they'll let me off easy. Mm -hmm. Okay.
3: That would be my thinking. Yeah. So as I said before, Bridget Bridget Bishop was the first conviction on um, June 2nd. She was hanged eight days later with five more people that were... I don't like saying hanged, and I know it's it's correct, whatever. Um, That July, five in August, and then eight more in September. And then July 19th, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susan, except this is Susanna, Martin, Sarah Wilds, and Rebecca Nurse were all hanged. And so, um, Rebecca Nurse was an old lady of good character, and the jury acquitted her first, but then the judge William Stoughton, is that how you would say that? Uh, I'm invited the jury to reconsider because of public outcry, which sometimes I feel like we see nowadays, you know, um, yeah. where public outcry is so... Um, not that it's not justified sometimes, but I'm just Speaking saying.
4: Speaking of the judge, someone on Instagram just said that the judge's house in Salem just went up for sale.
3: John Proctor's house Oh, okay, just went up for sale. All right. He was <laughs> accused. Um, so the judge invited the jury to reconsider because of public outcry and the girls who um, were accused while like, I guess while she was acquitted, like they had fits or fainted, like still in the courtroom. Yeah. And so this time she was found guilty. So she was 71 years old, hard of hearing. So it was difficult. 71. Um, That's a feat. Well, so your sister, your sister emailed, she was texting you this and you sent me like what she was saying. Mm -hmm. And, um, I always liked, not that I don't trust her sister, but I like to fact check stuff. Yeah. No, she was 71 years old. So she's hard of hearing. And so she had a difficult time answering questions because she couldn't hear correctly. And so I said, thanks to Ashley Boo Rook for giving us some information. No, not Ashley Boo Rook. You to be knees, girl. Mm-hmm. Except I said lady because you's a lady. Not that you're not a girl. We're all She's girls. A and then August 5th, George Burroughs, Martha Carrier, George Jacobs, John and Elizabeth Proctor, and John Willard were all tried and found guilty. And then all but Elizabeth Proctor were hanged on the 19th of August. Um, hanged
4: is correct. I just don't like it.
3: So John Proctor was 60 years old, was outspoken about the trials because he um, bravely defended his wife. He was accused. So... Um, cause she was accused first and he was like, she's not a witch. Like they're not real. I'm assuming it's probably what he said, you know? So he wrote a letter to the Boston clergy denouncing the unfairness of the trials, but unfortunately did not save his life. Um, and then I thought this was interesting. So he said the Lord's prayer, which is our father without Mm. making mistakes while he was hanging, um, which is shocking and should have shocked them. And I think it didn't. That sort of really what turned a lot of people. Yeah. Because witches were not supposed to be able to do that. Right. So he seed, sowed the seeds of doubt in many people's minds. Ooh. And then there was a movie I just watched, um, on Netflix called the witch, I believe. And in it, it's, um, a family like, and I don't know if they're in Salem, but they might be like around there. But all it has to do is like, um, the mom and dad, and then they have, five kids okay. and their oldest daughter, like it essentially kind of revolves around her where she, um, takes her like baby brother. I think it's a boy from her mom just cause like she's doing some of her mom's like gardening. I don't know. It's, it's in this time period. Yeah. But she like turns around for one second and goes back and the baby's gone. So, like, it goes into, like, the mom blames her, and, like, they're saying, crying witch, and um, mm. then the brother Why goes... Why does it always
4: gotta go to witch?
3: Wow. Because it does end with her making in a field with other witches. It's called The Witch. So she um, is a witch. Small if, she wasn't, if she wasn't, she is now. And, like, they have okay. a they have um, a goat that's... A goat is a sign of the devil, I guess, or, like, a sign... It's a witchcraft thing, and it's a good movie. It's kind of creepy, Um, but part of it, like the old other brother that's like younger than her, but like older than the two youngest kids that are twins, Mm -hmm. he goes, they go off and to find food in the forest and they come, or she comes back, the brother's missing. And then like, he starts having his founded, he starts having fits and like, they're trying to pray like the family around him. And the two youngest ones can't say the, our father. And Mm -hmm. they're like, it's a sign of like being a witch and like the the little girl is like, it's because of her pointing at her sister. It's sorry. It kind of just ruined the whole, whole thing, but
4: it's a good movie. What's it called again? I did not hear the, you. The I
3: think name. it's just called the witch. It's on Netflix. Yes. Um, and it's set we're in the time period. period I really like movies that are set in this time period, but it, that made me think of that. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. And fun fact that John Proctor's house is for sale. Um, and it 's only six hundred thousand dollars that is not that much, and I was reading about it At, for something like that that 's not that much i mean it 's a lot of money, but you know so. yeah, and it says um I probably shouldn 't do this right now it 's located in present day Peabody, Massachusetts. It was built in sixteen thirty eight It has six bedrooms, two bathrooms. The house has been modernized, but parts of the original structure, such as the wooden beams, are still visible. Um, the home is for sale because the owner recently died So rest in peace for that person RIP, pour one out Yeah. Um, and it, the guy, the historical society at, um, In Peabody It was like for it to come on the market It's very uncommon and we're really excited Which right. is true, you know, that's pretty cool
4: Camilla Forever says at the end of the movie It says a lot of the dialogue comes directly From the journals of that time Yes, yeah that's
3: it's, crazy. it's a good movie, I recommend I need to watch it um, What's it rated? probably are. Oh, cause she's naked. You don't really see anything. I don't think, I don't remember, but Mm -hmm. it's like scary. It can be scary. scary? Okay. (laughs) All right. so some um, also died in prison and then one guy, Giles Corey, was pressed to death on September 19th. So he refused to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty and he refused to be put on trial and I believe like if you don't enter a plea at all like you can't be put on trial don't quote me if I'm wrong. But I believe I read that. So, um, hold on.
4: This press to death thing makes me think of something that I saw. So, oftentimes to get them to confess, they would use, um, leg clamps, which basically looks mm. like a bear trap with mm. screws. Mm-hmm. So, they would just keep screwing it deeper and deeper into your legs until you would be like, yeah, crying on the kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, they basically, I believe, put like a big board on you and they put weights. And so, the entire time, Do they just keep. Yeah, well, until you confess. And he didn't. So, he, well, he what's died? interesting about him, so they were like, what's your plea? What's your plea? And all he would say the entire time is, more weight, more weight. Oh! Yeah. Oi. And so, um, on Drunk History, another video you guys can watch, um, Alan McLeod, if you guys don't know what Drunk History is. It's great. It's funny and historical. So, it he, is. the guy... Um, take someone, they get, like, rip-roaring drunk, but he, like, gives them a piece of history, and it's true history, Yeah, but they have to, like, drunkenly tell the story, and then they have actors reenact it. Famous. But, like, saying it, how the drunk person's <laughs> talking about it.
4: Like, if the, if the drunk person burps as they're, like, narrating, the actor will have to yeah. pretend to burp.
3: It's <laughs> great. So um, he talks about Giles Corey and his curse, and... Um, All of that fun stuff with him being pressed. I need to watch that one and you put the link. I did. Cool. So then um, finally on September 22nd, Martha Corey, Mary East, um, Alice Parker, Mary Parker, Ann Updater, and Wilmot Reed, Margaret Scott, and Samuel Waddell were all hanged as well. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. (sighs) Just a lot of people. And most of them are women, by the way, if you didn't catch that. So Ann Putnam was um, a man accuser, and this is most, um, Elmo, wow, I cannot talk. Elmo. Most of those who died, um, why? Why? Because it's Friday night, <laughs> and the feeling's right. So she accused most of those who died, and so I've read in some places that she accused 62 people and saw 17 die, and another where, like, of the 19 people who were legitimately killed, 11 of them were hung because of her stories and courtroom dramatics.
4: Dear Anne,
3: how do you live with yourself? And part of it, too, like, I guess her father was very involved in, um, like, calling out people for witchcraft as well. But she was one of the only accusers to apologize later on um, in, like, the early 1700s. And then she died in 1716 at the age of 37. Just fun fact, or not so fun fact because you know she was dead. I don't know if I want to wear one out. <laughs> I don't think it will. Okay. Um, so then, October uh, 1692, Willem Phipps forbade the court to allow spectral evidence, which is evidence based on visions and dreams, um, and because because I guess like one of them said that I believe it was Betty if she was the first girl that passed out and they kind of talk about that a little bit in the crucible, which is also something I'm going to talk about. Um, where like, she's like, I had a dream and it's, she did this and like, you know, talking about, um, bird, like they were a yellow bird or something like that. Or yes. A, like, yes. It's yes. Crazy. Interesting. Um, so essentially they're like, you can't, cause you could just say whatever you want and be like, I had a dream and it was this like, yeah, that's not, I need hard evidence, you know? So he then dissolved the special court but then he uh, that he had tried to set up or he had set up to um, try supposed witches and the trials then continued just in an ordinary court, which was formed in November of 1692. But the last trials for witchcraft in Salem were held in January of 1693. Um, and there were three more people that were convicted but they were um, reprieved out of the governor. And in May of 1693, Governor Phipps Pardon all those in prison, convicted, or awaiting trial. Sheesh. Yes. And so then in 1696, some jurors admitted that they had made a terrible mistake, like in saying that these people were witches. Yeah. And then in 19. That is 19. Yeah. I don't, is, I don't, is it? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's supposed to be 1697. <laughs> I did it so much, guys, that. Um... <laughs> Let me read it. Okay. So in sixteen ninety seven, um Massachusetts Journal Court declared a day of fasting for the tragedy of the Salem Witch Trials. Um and in seventeen eleven the Massachusetts colony passed a legislation restoring the good names of the condemned and providing financial restitution to the heir to their heirs. Um and then Katie comments, It's crazy they went through all of this hysteria. And we're just like, we made a mistake. It makes you think of all the times in history these kinds of things happened. Um, and we look back at it now and think, what were they thinking? Makes you wonder what people will think of today in 50 years, 100 years, etc. Which is true, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's so insane that... And it, it happened so quickly. Like, in the span of June, July, August, September, four months, all those people were killed For nothing. Yeah. And I've said it before where I think that, you know, you you made someone mad and all of a sudden, like, they're a witch. Yeah. How can you prove then, like, once you were accused, like, Mm -hmm. there's no going back from that.
4: Think Um, about how far we've come now, though. Like, if you, like, like, literally, if you accuse someone of being a witch, people are like, okay, whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Like, that's how... I mean, but if you accuse people of like other things, it's crazy, and that people lose their minds.
3: I want to talk about <gasps> before we move on to the curse. Well, I believe is my next segment. It yes. is. Um, I want to talk about Giles Corey's curse. Do it. So, um, in so as I said, seventeen eleven, they passed a legislation clearing the names of the accused, including Giles and Martha Corey. Um, paid restitution for their imprisonment and deaths, but it has long since been rumored that Corey placed a curse on Salem and its sheriff Mm. during his torture by shouting, damn you, I curse you, and Salem um, at the sheriff before he died. And then four years after Corey's death, Sheriff Corwin died suddenly of a heart attack at just 30 years old. Wow. And local legends suggest that Corey not only cursed Corwin, but every Salem sheriff since 1692. Um, And in the 1970s, after Salem Sheriff Robert... Um, Calhill was forced to retire early due to a stroke, heart attack, and rare blood condition. He looked into the history of the sheriff's office and described in the book, Cursed in New England. And this is a quote from it. It says, Mm -hmm. about 300 years later, in 1978, Robert Calhill, while in office, suffered a rare blood disease, a heart attack, and stroke. Doctors could not find the cause of his afflictions. He was forced to retire as sheriff of Essex County and as master and keeper of the jail. Today, he lives in Florida, um, then he notes that the sheriff before him also contracted a serious blood ailment while in office it forced him to retire. He in turn had inherited the post from his father after the elder man died of a heart attack while serving as sheriff. The previous sheriff had suffered a heart attack as well. So have all the others as far back as I could trace, he says. And the two men who have followed me have had awful lot of legal trouble. Dang. Crazy. Um, so he believes that when the sheriff's office was moved from Salem to the new prison in Middleton in 1991, it broke the curse and spared the future sheriffs. Since the move, no sheriffs have been diagnosed with any heart conditions or blood ailments. Um, and they also, locals also believe that Corey's ghost still haunts the area around, um, Howard street cemetery as it is now known. And his ghost is often seen before and after a terrible event happens in the town. I believe it. Um, and then this says in one, And this is the history of Massachusetts.org, by the way, is where I'm finding this. Mm -hmm. So one such occasion happened shortly before the Great Salem Fire of 1914 when witnesses saw a ghostly figure of an old man floating through the cemetery. The fire actually started near the area of Gallows Hill and Proctor's Ledge where Corey's wife Martha and 18 other people were hanged for witchcraft before it spread and destroyed much of the town. Just so interesting. I just... You know what I just thought of? Yeah. We should do
4: our own personal ghost stories episode. Oh, geez. I'm okay
3: with that. <laughs> that could have been a Felix Files. Still okay. could be. All right. So my next bit I want to talk about is The Crucible. So if you guys don't know what that is, that was a... Or is, I guess, a play that was written by Arthur Miller in 1953. That was a 19... Yes. <laughs> and fun fact, he also wrote death of a salesman. And it's funny to me that the crucible has always still stood out for me as something when I read young, mm-hmm. like in for school and I always really enjoyed it. See, I never really had anything to do with it. So we had to read that and we also had to read death of a salesman and I'm not always, um, I'd not, I'm not super into reading plays yeah, One, because you're meant to watch it's, them. It's, yeah. But these are two plays that I actually really, really enjoyed. Um, and I think with The Crucible, at least, I really enjoyed it because I like things from this time period. I like um, stuff set then. And Death of a Salesman was also really good. See, I've never... And I want to say that either. It was, it was good. I really, I really enjoyed both of them. Um, so The Crucible is based on the Salem Witch Trials, but it's like more dramatized and partially fictionalized. Fictionalized. And it was wrote as a metaphor for government persecution of suspected communists. Interesting. I guess he was. He even was like a couple of years later after this he um, like had to go and like testify in front of like Congress or someone. Again, sorry if that's wrong what he did but... Makuza? Yeah, sure. And so it won the Tony Award in 1953 for Best Play. So basically I wanted to tell you guys what it is a little bit. Um, I literally just copy and pasted um, <laughs> the like uh plot <laughs> line from in the Spark Puritan Notes.
4: New England town of Salem, Massachusetts. Do you want to read it? A group of girls goes dancing in the forest <laughs> with a black slave named Tituba while dancing. They are caught by the local minister, Reverend Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: out of the two, out of the girls that are there, two of them, one is Paris's daughter, Betty, Um, And the other one is his, like, niece, I believe, Mm -hmm. Abigail Williams. So these kind of are... Some of these names, at least, they're based on real life, like, the girls that this actually happened to. And um, so Betty falls into a coma, and, like, people are gathered at his house um, because they're, like, rumors of witchcraft are filling the town because they think that the girls were performing witchcraft in the forest. So, um, they send for the Reverend Hale, who's an expert on witchcraft. Paris questions, Abigail, his niece. And, um, she admits to doing nothing more than dancing. So while he's trying to like, calm her down, um, Abigail talks to the other girls, telling them not to admit to anything because they were legitimately practicing witchcraft. Um, because, well, it all has to do with John Proctor. So, she worked for John Proctor in his house. Mm-hmm. Then he, his wife, who's Elizabeth Proctor, fired her because Abigail and John Proctor, who is a local farmer, um, they were having an affair. Ugh. So she was trying to perform witchcraft, I believe, to like get rid of Elizabeth so she can be with John.
4: Interesting,
3: yes. Um, and so. I, we see Abigail still desires Proctor. He fends her off and tells her to enter foolishness with the girls. So then Betty wakes up, begins screaming, much of the crowd rushes upstairs, gathers into her bedroom. Um, they argue whether or not she's bewitched, and then a separate, separate argument um, between Proctor, Paris, the argumentative Giles Corey, and the wealthy Thomas Putnam soon ensues. This dispute centers on money and land deeds, and it suggests that a deep fault lies um, run through... Wow, fault lines run through the Salem community. So the guys argue, Reverend Hale arrives and examines Betty while Proctor departs. Um, Hale quizzes Abigail about the girl's adventures in the forest, um, and he grows suspicious of her behavior and demands to speak to Tituba. So they interrogate. Tituba confesses, um, talking about she's communing with the devil, all this other stuff. And so soon Abigail joins her, confessing, having um, seen the devil conspiring, converting with her townsfolks. Betty joins them in naming people. Um, and soon the town is thrown into an uproar. Can you so imagine about, living there at this time? It, no, because I'd be terrified. Also, because I'm like weird. So, like, I wouldn't want to like, talk to anyone. No. Um, Which would probably get you accused. Yeah. <laughs> So about a week later, alone in their um, farmhouse outside of town, John and Elizabeth Proctor discuss the going-on trials and the escalating number of townsfolk who have been accused of being witches. So she urges her husband to denounce Abigail as a fraud, and he refuses and becomes jealous. She Mm. becomes jealous, accusing him of still harboring feelings for her. Um, Mary Warren, their servant in one of Abigail's circle, um, in her circle, returns from Salem with news that Elizabeth has been accused of witchcraft, but the court did not Pursue the accusation Um, Mary is sent to bed John and Elizabeth Continue their argument Only to be interrupted By a visit from Reverend Hale And then um, While they discuss matters Giles, Corey, and Francis Nurse Come to the Proctor home With news that their wives Have been arrested Mm. So Giles, Corey's wife I believe is Martha Um, Francis Nurse's wife is Rebecca Mm -hmm. And like obviously G- Giles Corey's a real name John Proctor, a real person right um Francis Nurse is Rebecca nurse's husband's name in real life and um so officers of the court suddenly arrive to arrest elizabeth um and so Proctor browbeats Mary, insisting that she must go to Salem and expose Abigail and the other girls' frauds, so they go to court um and the judge that um she says, Mary says that she'll tell them that she's lying, like the girls are lying. But Danforth is suspicious of Proctor's motives and tells Proctor um that, truthfully, that Elizabeth is pregnant and will be spared for a time. So Proctor in- persists in his charge, convincing Danforth to allow Mary to testify. She tells them that the court's lying, or tells them that the, the court, that the girls are lying. Then the girls are brought in, but they ab- they're able to turn the um, tables on Mary and accuse her. And, um, so Proctor is furious. So he confesses to his affair with Abigail and accuses her of being motivated by jealousy of his wife. And this is one of the parts that I loved reading this. So he literally says, he's like, ask my wife. She never lies. She'll tell you the truth. So they're in court. He says, I had an affair. This is why it's happening. Yada, yada, Ask my wife.
4: Yada, yada, yada. Can you yada, yada, yada that? George
3: Costanza would Sure So um, They The judge gets Elizabeth They ask her She's thinking She's protecting her husband Doesn't know what he said Lies about it So says no He didn't have an affair with her He's saying She never lies She's going to tell the truth Just ask her She's thinking She's saving him Lies and says he never had the affair And they're like Well you said she never lies So you just said all this stuff Yes, it's so good. Can Sorry, I, you can tell I get so Can excited. I like watch this somewhere? I believe they have it. Um because you know who who played Lincoln in that movie? Oh Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel so Day-Lewis. I just got really excited. Plays I enjoy John Proctor. I enjoy him. Yeah. So um she lies thinking she's protecting her husband's honor. So then the judge denounces um Proctor as a liar because obviously he said that his wife wouldn't lie and so now they think that she's telling the truth. Um so meanwhile Abigail and the girls begin to um pretend that Mary's bewitching them. So then Mary breaks down and accuses Proctor of being a witch. And of course he rages against her and against the court. He's arrested Rage. and then um It's just crazy. So then Hale quits um, the proceedings. The summer passes, autumn arrives, the witch trials have caused unrest in neighboring towns, and Danforth grows nervous. Abigail is run away, taking all of her Paris' money with her. Hale, who has lost faith in the court, begs the accused witches to confess falsely in order to save their lives, but they refuse. Hmm. Danforth, however, has an idea. He asks Elizabeth to talk John into confessing, and she agrees. Conflicted but desiring to live, John agrees to confess, and the... um, Officers of the court rejoice, rejoice. They rejoice. I like to rejoice, rejoice. when I'm happy. I like to rejoice. <laughs> um, so, and I believe like he even writes everything down, but he refuses to incriminate anyone else. And when the enforce, um, when the court insists that the confession must be made public. And I believe they even say, like, on the door of, like, the court or on the door of the church or on the door of something. He's like, no. He's like, because he knows he's lying by doing that. So he grows angry, tears it up, and retracts his admission of guilt. So despite Hale's desperate pleas, Proctor goes to the gallows with the others, and the witch trials reach their awful conclusion. So, like, it's a little bit more fantasized, and I know they changed the ages, too, of everyone, because at the time, I think, and because... Abigail in the play is a little bit older, but in real life she was like eleven or twelve and gotcha. then Proctor was in his sixties, so they changed their ages a little bit obviously yeah. um it's just That's it's crazy it's so it's so uh, it's really good if you guys have never watched the crucible or have read it or anything I recommend I really enjoyed it Amazing. um yeah, I really. Hopefully I did it justice talking about the Salem witch trials. Hopefully you, you were bored. You were so into it. I loved it. Um, and I just want to do a little bit before we go into the, our next episode, Megan and Katie are going to dive deep into Makuza and to um, like past all of this, like what happens after the Salem witch trials in America with uh, the magical history and normal history and everything. Yeah. Um, but I just, a little time line wise of things so we know the um, International Statute of Secrecy starts 1692. Salem Witch Trial, 1692 to 93. Makuza was created in 1693. And the Ministry of Magic wasn't founded until 1707. Sucks to suck. I was like <laughs> shocked. Um, which is just fun fact. These are all things I found from Pottermore, by the way. But yeah, I mean. The things you can find when you search. Do you have any thoughts on the Salem Witches?
4: I just feel so bad.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And to think of like, to think of being those jurors and you, you let that happen or even the judges and all those people that you can, can like accuse.
4: Honestly, I would never want to be on a jury.
3: No. Uh-uh. That's not my, That's like, my jam. I'm not yeah. here to judge people. Amen. Um, it's just, I, I just find it so interesting, especially because they're real people. And I try to, di- like, to look more into to people, so I hopefully you find it interesting. Um, but check out these videos, the one with, um, about the Salem witches and Giles Corey. Um, both of them are great with Ask a Mortician and uh, Drunk History. Also, if you just want to watch Drunk History, it genuinely is really yes. funny. And um, you learn a lot. Yeah. In a very funny way. Yes. Which is something that's great, you know? Yes. Like, that's how with with um, Hamilton, mm-hmm. I learned so much, because not only am I listening to the stuff, and not, obviously, the play is not 100% factual, because, like, the one song has to do with, like, how um, Elizabeth Schuyler, or Angelica Schuyler says, like, she's... Like her f- father has no sons, which isn't true. He just forgot that he had sons when he was writing it. Mm-hmm. But um, it makes me want to like look more stuff up, and then I like die. I get like super into like an internet hole where I'm like yeah, clicking the links and reading all the stuff. Um, gosh, I just I love I love history like this. I just find it fascinating. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any any anything to say? Are we still live? Uh huh. Are people like Sarah's insane? Probably. Oh, they're
4: saying you're in your element because you're a raven
3: claw. Uh, I don't know what that means. It's the claw of a raven, just ro- one claw. The raven claw, just a claw, a single, just one little claw, just
4: one claw. I have but one claw, but beware,
3: beware of the claw. Do you know what that movie is? I have no, I have no idea. I never heard of it. Ferngully. Oh, I don't. Shout out to Ferngully. It's like forty minutes long. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Although I believe it's on Netflix. Okay,
4: you need to watch Ferngully.
3: Maybe. Also, um, with that movie, The Witch, on Netflix, the one, the yeah. father was in... Um, hmm. What's that show that everyone likes to watch that's British? The Office? No, it's nowadays. It's ending. Game of Thrones. I don't remember who he played. Someone on the Iron Isles, I believe. I don't even know if that's what it's called. Iron Islands, maybe? Iron Islands? I don't Iron Islands. know. Iron <laughs> I like. I like to watch a show because the men are attractive. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> i just saying I don't pay that close. I mean, I pay attention regardless. Harry Potter, Wizarding World, Salem Witch Trials, poor one out for all those poor people that passed away because of it. That's true. Also, so yeah, out of the nineteen that died, all were hanged, but Giles Corey, that were like executed because he was pressed to death, and then other people died in the prison, or some were spared eventually. Why did they choose the press for him? because he like i don't know because he, they he were trying, trying I think to they torture were trying to get, out yeah and um i was watching a documentary about the witch trials in um uh europe yeah specifically like i believe in scotland and so if you've ever watched um outlander um and in the first season you see um Galis duncan who essentially like i think she is portrayed as a witch in the show as well kind of Mm-hmm. But she was a real person and she was accused, like the first person to be accused in Scotland, I believe in Scotland, of witchcraft, which I was like, oh my gosh, Giles Corey, Not Giles Corey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Gail Stunk, and I'm like, that's from Outlander. And I got really excited. That's awesome. But obviously you can tell I like watching things about witch hunts. True. Which witch is a witch? If a witch could, witch could witch? Which one? Witch. <laughs> which switch. Say that 10 times fast. How do you think the segregation of race affected the segregation of the nomad? So funny you should ask this question to whomever asked this. Dis. This Dis. question. So when reading about this and reading about um, reports' Law, which is, you know, it is illegal for nomadges and muggle... Nope, nomadges and witches and no witches interact. Nomadges and muggles,
4: they cannot talk. <laughs> it
3: was repealed in... Um, let me find the year. I have it in my other documentation so that was repealed in of course i don't have it up here do i i don't know what you do Mm -mm -mm. 1965 um and so here comes the notebook (laughs) i wrote it down in my section because i it reminded me so much of segregation and everything, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know when it became um, legal for everyone to marry. So Red Report's law repealed nineteen sixty five so interracial marriage was um, struck down in nineteen sixty seven by the Supreme Court, and it was loving versus um, Virginia loving. That was their last name. I know. I'm just saying how appropriate. And so, um, I, cause that was my immediate thought. I was like, I want to know like in real life when it became, cause that's what it reminded me of so much. Where like, if you don't know the history or the story of behind, um, loving versus, um, Virginia, it was a man and wife. He was, um, white. She was African American and they might still be living. I could, be lying but um they just had a movie like two years ago come out about it what was it called loving i believe is just what it was oh okay i didn't haven't watched it but um they were like arrested like in their own home in their bed because it was illegal that's insane yes so um and they like went to court obviously and they ended up winning so her name was mildred um let me try to find out what his name was richard okay and so it's just it's it's insane to me that like that can any type of marriage is illegal. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's none of your business. Yes. I just kind of how I feel about it. Um but I I think that it certainly didn't aid, like having the segregation of like muggles or nomadges and the magical folk. Like that I don't think helped. Any type of segregation, like interracially. Yeah. Um, Because they were so used to, you can't talk to this person or this is for us and that's for them, you know, and us versus them kind of mentality. Yeah. What do you think?
4: No, I mean, I agree.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Were there any, um, of the Salem witches, actual witches. Yes. Uh, what? In real life or like in Pottermore life? Pottermore Obviously, life? <laughs> Pottermore life, yes. Um, right. And then, you know, real life? <laughs> I think they were just people living their life. I think so, too. I think that in the realm of if there's real magic, mm-hmm. that um, they would be able to not not necessarily hide themselves more so but like make sure that they weren't picked use like confunded. or help maybe something. and in my mind i'd like to think that they would help those that were con- like accused Falsely and innocent accused, yeah. yeah yeah i feel that but that's just my wanting yeah yeah oh yeah um, do did Ilvermorny allow half-bloods i'm going to say yeah i don't think they care yeah same Um, do you want to read the fan story?
4: Sure. Fan story is from Julianne Dennehy. I think I said that right. She says, I didn't read Harry Potter for the first time until I was 19 years old. Growing up, I was always reading books, especially young adult fantasy, but I never read the series. I was a huge fan of the Hunger Games and I felt like I could be a fan of both. So I always put down the series and said I would never read it. Oh, I'm sorry. She said she couldn't be a fan of both. Correct. I think I read that wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Anywho, I had never even seen a movie until the same year I started the books. One day a coworker and a good friend of mine was telling me how she had been watching all the movies and how good they were, so I said I would watch them too. And that was the beginning of the end. Huh. <laughs> I watched them all in one weekend. Holy wow. hell. Okay. I immediately bought all seven books, and I had completely fallen in love, and there was no looking back. This was in February of... T- 2018. Wow. Hey, girl. Hey. And I was.
3: And as I write. And this, as
4: I write this in October um, of the same year, I have watched all the movies about a dozen times. They are my go to read all the books, some multiple times. Oh and gosh. I have done so much research on them, both canon and head canon. I have a small Harry Potter shrine in my room and so much more that isn't out in the open. And I have got even gotten a tattoo <sighs> of the Harry Potter stars. The series means so much to me. I was going through a lot of personal stuff when I opened Sorcerer's Stone, and in a way, it saved me. I am so glad I got into the series, and I am so excited to learn more about it and grow with it in my life. Also, love you guys. You're all amazing. That's (laughs) crazy. Well, she fell in love, and she fell hard. Julianne, you're awesome. That is no small feat
3: to have done what you've done. I mean, what is that? What February to now? And then how are you ca- all caught up or have you not even heard your episode yet? And yeah. I, that's great. And then when people are like, I listen to all of your, like us talking about us, not taking rolling. <laughs> They're like, I I caught up in a week. More power to you. Cause I know that we are yes. long winded people. <laughs> long winded in those beginning woof, episodes. Woof. God bless you. Yeah. Gosh, it's crazy. And not even a whole year. Yeah. Goodness! Welcome, welcome to the Potter world, and we welcome you. Yeah, big, warm Molly Weasley hug. Yeah, and I'm sorry I butchered your
4: story a little bit. I am very tired.
3: Yeah, we're no Katie. 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 All right. Megan. Social media. So, Swish and Flick podcasts can be found on all social medias. We're Swish and Flick podcasts on Facebook and Swish Flickcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure you head on over to YouTube and subscribe because not only is our podcast posted there, but when we sometimes have vlogs, they're there as well. So follow us on our crazy Potter-filled adventures together. You can also join us on Patreon for exclusive access to The Felix Files, which is our bi-monthly bonus episodes, a chance to be a guest on The Felix Files, a live video chat session with us monthly on Zoom, we have giveaways, and so much more. So, if that (laughs) sounds like a good time, and it is, go to www.patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast And choose your support level. So a shout out and a huge, huge, huge thank you to all of our current Patreons. Honestly, without you and our listeners, we would not be able to do what we do. Not every day because we don't podcast every day. But to bring you this weekly podcast, it's so much fun. Talk about Harry Potter. You better love us. Um, But legitimately, you make this podcast um, possible with your support.
4: Thank you. And so
3: lastly, make sure that you check out our website, which is com. So check out all of the information on Switch and Flick that's compiled into one place with brand new merchandise. We got shirts. We got mugs. We got... Phone cases. Yeah. We got phone cases. Sweatshirts. We got sweatshirts. We got hoodies. I think Banners. we even have kids clothes. Towels. We got... Ooh. Not for you. <laughs> might not. They might be sold out, but not like uh, our. Like we didn't sell them out. Like the website that we get, like go through. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, if you want to wear official Switch Flick merch, be a fan, and then if you have any of our merch, or if you're just listening to us, tag us on Instagram, and mm. we like to see that. <laughs> we might repost your picture. We might. All right. Tini, Other projects. What's your project, girl? I'm trying to
4: live life. Yeah, that's it.
3: Yep. Megan and Katie do things, follow them They're on other podcasts that's called What? Grown Up Kids Go listen, <laughs> wherever you listen to Swish and Flake You can listen to Grown Up Kids um, You'll listen to them On the next episode, we'll all be together Maybe, unless we Officially kick them off Bye <laughs> <laughs> I have no project because I'm just trying To get through every day Living my life Okay
4: all right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this, um, you know, not so traditional kind of episode, but we like to do whatever we want because guess what? This is our podcast. <laughs> and that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down.
3: <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs> It's Hancock now. Fun, <laughs> fun fact, um, John Hancock was not the first person to sign the Declaration of Independence. His is just the largest signature. And they didn't all sign on July 4th. Some people- yes. Tiffany's whole thing is frozen.
2: Oh, I didn't know if she was frozen or just like really interested in what I was
3: saying. <laughs> <laughs> that do, donkey. that do. do. pig. that do. <laughs> wiggity, wiggity, what? witch oh, witches. <laughs> well, then I just had a thought. I'm like, I wonder, what if, like, it's cursed. We just had struggled. We struggled with this episode. So that's why it's called The Cursed Episode.
4: I'm going to stop recording.
3: Giles Corey cursed us. Goodbye